0: Steven Simcox here with you. Matt's out today on a Friday, but we'll still have some fun. And right off the top, we're joined by Curtis Quillen from KCEN. Curtis is a high school football guy. He covers it really well for uh, Channel 6 and, and happy to have him with us. And Curtis, first off, I know you were out at uh Colleen Flugerville Henderson last night Hendrickson last night, and the ruse fall to Flugerville Hendrickson 24 to 17, but Colleen was able to stay in that game. Um, What stood out to you from that matchup last night?
1: I think it's the coaching that stood out last night. And I think you give me too much credit too. I'm a high school (laughs) football nerd, I guess is how I would put it. Um, I I think it was the coaching. And I say that to follow it up with this, you know, Colleen only had 36 yards of total offense at halftime, comes back, makes it a game, comes back from down 14, nothing. It's 17, it's 17, 10, then it's 24, 10, then it's 24, 17, and Colleen's driving to tie it with less than a minute to play. So I think a lot of what stood out was the adjustments the Ruse can make. And, you know, Neil Searcy said on our air before the game that the biggest key to that game for them was going to be starting fast and they didn't start fast enough. And that's kind of what did the in. And he was right. Um, they started as about as fast as you could against Georgetown Eastview uh, Friday night last week. And it, and it worked well. They'll have to start fast against an improved Waco high team next week. But, um, I think they're, I think that they're going to be fine in contending for a playoff spot in that district. That's the, uh, that was a solid effort there in the second half, but they can't have many first halves like what they had last night.
0: And you're going to be out tonight. Casey and Curtis always hits a couple different games. And one of the games is going to be out is Bartlett and Milano. I know, uh, Curtis, you were at a Bartlett game a couple weeks ago. I believe it was a Thursday night and they snapped a long losing streak. It's been kind of a struggle for them the last few weeks. Milano has one win as well. What do you expect uh, in that game this evening?
1: I really want to see who's going to have the bigger defensive struggle. And for I think for the, the key for this game for Bartlett is exploiting the challenges that the offense can uh, bring to any defense. And a lot of that, I mean, Brian Cosmo was the offensive coordinator at Liberty Hill when the Panthers lost to La Vega in the state title game. Liberty Hill, of course, runs a kind of a – they've got a slot-men team mentality where they kind of combine it with a little bit of spread principle, and that's what he's trying to build there in Bartlett. And given the problems that Milano has had with teams like Thorndale and teams like Marlin, and, you know, this game could – this game could be a real confidence booster. I believe it's Bartlett district opener and that could be a really, I mean, you get a win under your belt in district play and all of a sudden that, that confidence starts building as you go back through, as you keep going through district to district, which includes uh, Burton, which even if Burton is down, which Burton is down this year, that's still a team that I wouldn't want on my schedule. Um, I think that's a pretty good confidence booster. Bartlett if you can come out and open district play with a win on the road and for Milano I think the key is stopping the Bartlett offense and getting some scores Milano's had problems getting in on the scoreboard you know they got shut out a couple weeks ago against uh, against Marlin. yeah I think it was week two and so that's going to be that's going to be the biggest key is stopping the bar is getting the ball in your hands and finishing drives for Milano
0: and enough, the game of the week for KCN is Cameron Yo and Rockdale Battle of the Bell This is a historic rivalry, Curtis. It's about as good as it gets in Central Texas, one of the oldest rivalries in the state. And and Rockdale's dropped a couple games in a row now. Uh, Can they turn the corner tonight against Cameron? And how important is this game for Rockdale as as they're in a tough district there? Um, With Yo and Troy and McGregor Academy, you just list the teams. There's not an easy out in in that district.
1: I mean, I think in this game, I think Rockdale's leaning on the fact that it's a rivalry game. In rivalry you typically throw records and throw all the X's and O's and anything on the on paper out the door. And I firmly, I think that if you've got the personnel Rockdale has, you, anything is really possible with as far as trying to rebound from from a tragic loss. Not a not a, um, a tragedy in the sense that they lost a player who who passed away, but a tragic loss in an X's and O's standpoint when in week one, your stud quarterback goes down and is out for the season with a broken leg, and that's Jace Robinson. Cameron Valdez is great, but you know as well as I do, Steven, running backs can only carry teams so far, even at the 3A level. And so when you look at Rockdale's chances, if you don't win tonight, you're staring 0-3 in the face in district play because I know Caldwell was picked last in that district, but remember... Caldwell jumped out to an early lead on Cameron last week and made Cameron come from behind to win that game. And so there is not a bad team in this district. Um, And I know that that McGregor, I mean, I I know McGregor was a, was a surprise. That was an upset last week, but you've got to be able to put last week behind you. You've got to be able to contain an always potent Cameron um, offense. And remember last year, this rockdale offense was as explosive as it, as it has the potential to be this season and Cameron held it out of the end zone the entire game i mean cameron won the won the bell last year 31 to 3 so you've got it to be able to turn the corner i think they can i know jacob campsey is a very it, it, he's a he didn't get that job just because he was on jeff miller's staff he got it because he's good enough to get it it's going to be interesting to see the different adjustments that they make going into the night but they've got their hands full as does Cameron cuz Rockdale I, don't let that three game losing streak fool you Bellville, Foray, Lexington has one of the best running backs, most dynamic athletes in the state of Texas and Rockdale only lost to Lexington by one. So I'm not real I'm not kicking dirt on Rockdale but Rockdale does need to go out there and make some adjustments and prove something tonight
0: chatting with uh, Curtis Quillen from KCN channel six this is Matt Mosley show Stephen Simcox here with you and Curtis you mentioned Troy that's a team that I'm still having trouble kind of figuring out they have a great running game obviously led by Zach Arbacic. and you know it's, it's just sort of been an, an up and down non-district but they're coming off a bye week and, and they take on Lorena tonight uh, what are your thoughts on that game you
1: know, I think this game is probably, I think this is one of those seeding games in district 11, but I look at I look at Troy's um, record two and two. And I think that Troy is one of those teams that is better than its record indicates two and two, but losses to a very good Salado team that has come out and really kind of put its stamp on this season already a loss to a very, very good Franklin team. Um, you know, I don't. I think Troy is still fine. I think they had to figure out a couple of things because they did have some some key pieces go away. I mean, even though these this line, the, this offensive line that Troy has played in every all 14 games last year, you are still talking about replacing guys who started all of those 14 games. And so Troy is starting to get it figured out. I mean, they had last the Trojans had last week off. Now, you probably cannot open district play with a tougher opponent than what Troy is. Troy is basically going right behind Academy and then closing the season with Academy. It's got Lorena this week, McGregor next week, Yo the next week. Um, it's going to be a tough stretch here, and Lorena's always a good ball club, but I think Troy is fine. Um, this is I mean, That record doesn't indicate how good of a team this is because you could see when Troy was playing well – against Mejia and in the later goings against Salado that was uh that was a really good ball club and they showed glimpses of it in those games and I I, I think Troy will be fine but that's going to be a dang good game tonight uh
0: final thing for you Curtis Temple they had a impressive statement win against Longview on Friday night now they go to West Magnolia uh, or Magnolia West excuse me and, and take on Uh, that squad this evening how do you think temple responds after you know putting together such a statement against longview at AT at&t stadium last week
1: you know i think it's got i think it's one of those where you've got to put your you've got to move forward you have to put the losses behind you but i think you also have to put the big wins behind you don't let one win define you go out beat another good team, Magnolia West, another really good team. Because then, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Temple has Arlington Martin next week. So I think if you're Scott Stewart, you're trying to make sure that your club can not only put a good loss behind you, but it can avoid looking forward a week. And it can worry about the task at hand. And the task at hand is a road trip to Magnolia West. And, yeah, with Arlington Martin next week, it's easy to look and go, you know, That's going to be a really good game. That's going to be a really fun game. I have faith in Temple being able to do that. um, But that's going to be a really good game down in Magnolia. And scheme-wise, I think Temple's got it figured out. Temple looked about as good as you could look last week. A 30-to-nothing shutout in the second half against a team that is two years removed from a state championship, and what less than 11 months. Ten and a half months from kicking your tail in in the first round. That's I've I've got all the faith in the world in Temple being able to focus on Magnolia West tonight and not look too far ahead to Arlington Martin, or still trying to ride that high from beating Longview. Those to me, it has nothing to do with scheme tonight. It's what I've just talked about getting getting rid of the feeling of the Longview win and avoiding looking to next Friday.
0: Uh, Curtis, before we go, let the people know uh, how they can find you tonight. What kind of coverage you'll have on uh, KCEN for high school football?
1: So I will be live from Tiger Stadium in Rockdale at six and ten. Our Friday night football show, Friday Night Lights, begins at about ten ten during our ten o'clock newscast, and we will continue after uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon starts on Facebook Live. And on KCENTV.com or the Six News mobile app, um, Nikki Laterula will be live from Westlake Midway at six o'clock tonight, and then she'll be up at Mac People Stadium tonight for a Four A Division Two District clash between the Robinson Rockets and the Connolly Cadets. But a lot of uh, a lot of great games and a big time week for rivalry games in the state of Texas and our area is no different. We're really excited to get those on the air tonight
0: curtis quillen from kcn tv channel six you talk to him we talk to him every single week on friday afternoons around 320 about some of the big matchups across central texas hey curtis thanks we appreciate it
1: i appreciate it have a great weekend steven
0: curtis quillen there he goes you can watch him tonight on kcn and we'll of course have coverage coming up next I'll, i'll chat with tom barfield live from panther stadium and we'll get into uh you know some more high school football he'll talk about uh He'll talk about the game he's got tonight between Midway and um, and Austin Westlake and, and some more area games as well. Steven Simcox here with you on the Matt Mosley Show. We'll take a break. We'll come back after this on ESPN Central Texas. Nobody has a better selection of light and heavy duty Ram pickup trucks than Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron.
2: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPoint. Looking great for high school football tonight. We'll see clear skies and kickoff temperatures right around 73 degrees. Eventually overnight with clear skies, it'll be very comfortable and cool with lows dropping to 52 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies as we kick off the weekend. Highs top out at 85 and same story on Sunday. Mostly sunny, just as beautiful with a high of 85. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 530 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
4: At Marineland Boating Center, we believe in families, fishing and everyone who enjoys being on the water. That's why Marineland is home to Alumacraft, boats designed and built by generations of fishing enthusiasts for fishing enthusiasts. For over 70 years, Alumacraft has been providing durability and innovation. Whether it's time for water sports or the perfect catch, we've got an Alumacraft model to fit your style and budget. Marineland Boating Center I-35 at Loop 340 South or visit MarinelandWacoYamaha.com.
6: Hi, this is Travis with Texas Trust Home Buyers, and I buy houses cash. If you own a house and want to sell it fast at a fair price, call me at 870-8645. That's 870-8645. I can pay cash and close in as little as three days. I buy houses in any condition, any price range, and anywhere in the Waco and surrounding areas. I'm a private real estate investor who buys several houses a month, and I want to buy more. I buy inherited houses, divorced houses, behind-in-payment houses. I even buy my tenants won't pay me the rent houses. Do you own a house that is trash and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, because I love buying junk houses. I buy vacant houses, abandoned houses, condemned houses, and foreclosure houses. If you own a house and want to sell fast, call me at 870-8645. That's 870-8645. 870-8645. Or check us out on the web at TexasTrustHomeBuyers.com. TexasTrustHomeBuyers.com. Travis is a licensed real estate broker in the state
7: of Texas. ESPN Radio Sports. Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Small Sandwich Shop. Three more series closed out in the MLB playoffs. Atlanta beat Cincinnati five to nothing, sweeps their series. The Dodgers sweep the Brewers, and the A's beat the White Sox six to four to take that series two to one. Two games today: Marlins and Cubs going on right now. Marlins lead that series one to nothing, and the Cards and Padres tied at one each. First pitch at six. Game two of the NBA Finals: Lakers in Heat tonight. Lakers lead that series one to nothing. Tip at eight o'clock. Broncos beat the Jets last night for their first win of the season, 37-28. High school football tonight across our airways. Robinson and Conley on 15-90 and 99-3. Midway versus Austin-Westlake right here on ESPN Central Texas. Both pregame start at 7. And Temple versus Magnolia West on Fox Sports Central Texas. Our pregame starts at 6.30. High school scoreboard after the games tonight with Stephen Simcox and Garrett Ross. Sports Center every 20 minutes,
8: only on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Mosley show.
8: To
0: Steven Simcox here with you. And we got a guy on the line now that I know will appreciate that music. A old time rock and roll. Tom Barfield joins us now as he gets ready for uh, midway in Austin Westlake tonight. Tom, what's the scene like right now? Are you the, are you the only one at the stadium? No, there's plenty of PE students here. Okay, uh, so they're out on the field. well. It's a beautiful day,
9: so they're out on the field and they're going through some uh, some PE stuff. So there you go. And, you know. And I was just going to say it's so it's so good to be with you, but Garrett calls me old this morning, and you call me old this afternoon. I, I'm 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 going to get a
0: a complex here. Well, I mean, facts are facts, but uh, <laughs> no you, question about that. You can find some creative names for me. I'm sure. what what do you expect tonight tom so midway played basically a preseason game last week um and you know it it wasn't exactly a scrimmage they kind of got some game type scenarios and i guess just kind of get your feet wet and ease into it right with 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 westlake coming into town well
9: that's right i mean it was very much like a um and and we're just getting going here so if if you need to kind of direct me on levels go right ahead. but uh (laughs) It, it was very much like a football game, except for they, instead of 12-minute quarters, they played 10, and there was a couple of things that they did differently. There were times where the quarterback was live, and there were times where the quarterback was not live, and I, w- I would say this, that Round Rock did not really want the quarterback live at all, and Midway was kind of, hey, let's go, let's get some contact, and let's get after and Of course, it was the second scrimmage for Round Rock, so but the first scrimmage, uh, really and well, the second scrimmage, really, for uh, for, for Midway as well, so. They wanted. Uh, they wanted. They wanted live action, and it. it honestly, once we got started, other than they, the quick whistle, it felt like a football game until you'd have the kick, and the kick would come out to the, you know, the 30-yard line or whatever it was that we did. But, and we played a, a 10-minute quarters, and we played. A, we had a 10-minute halftime. Which, Stephen, I've always complained about the length of half times, but who? 10 minutes is fast. You don't get a whole lot done in 10 minutes, but. Uh, not like you do when you have, what is it, about 65 minutes for, for <laughs> halftime? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, it, I think it's 28 minutes. But anyway, uh, if it, it, had, it had that game feel, and I think it accomplished what Jeff Hume and his staff wanted to accomplish. They were able to look at players in particular situations, particular down and distance scenarios, uh, you know, short yardage situations, plus 50, minus 50. They did a lot of the – they were able to do a lot of those things, and they were able to uh, – to kind of figure things out, uh, what they want to do. They're going to make a couple of changes, some because of injuries, some because of just personnel packages. So I, I think what they set out to do last Friday night, uh, they were able to accomplish. So, uh, you know, that's the good news. The bad news is they came out of there with an injury, and uh, so they're going to have to make a change at the wide receiver position. But uh, that's, you know, that's that's football. I mean, that you know, as you know, going into th- these things, you're, uh, you're going to have these type of situations, and that's just part of playing, playing the game. But uh, the, 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 uh, the Panthers are going to be without a starting wide receiver, and that's, uh, that's part of the equation. So they'll, uh, they're going to rotate a couple of different guys in there. And, uh, you know, with Jared Moore out. And Jared Moore, I might add, played very, very well. And he was our, he was our player of the game in, in the contest. But, uh, unfortunately, he had the knee injury, and he's going to miss uh, several weeks.
0: Yeah, that's really unfortunate, Tom, Um, but hopefully he'll, you know, have as speedy recovery as he can. Turning to the small schools, uh, I know this is a game that that you know about well, and and you had – was it Brashear you had on? Was it time Brashear you had on Tommy, we had Tommy on today, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing
9: about that game. He's a a hometown guy, as many of the Cameron coaches are and have been in the past. I mean, they tend to, you know, come home and coach, but – He's a guy that's played in that game, and he's a guy that has coached in that game. So to know about the Battle of the Bell is, to say the least, for Tommy Brashear. And uh, as he pointed out, he never lost as a player. He, didn't, he never experienced that feeling until – he was a coach, and he said it's not its not a good feeling. And he was talking about the buzz in the community and just the importance and the significance of that game, Stephen. I mean, it is a big-time game. If you're not familiar with Texas high school football, that game right there is as important as any game that's played in the state of Texas. It, it really, really is.
0: It's extremely important. Uh, another small school game. So, Academy, they get off to a red-hot start in in non-district play, and Chris Lancaster is doing a really great job. Now, they fall to Lorena. That was a a hotly contested game. McGregor upsets um, Rockdale in -hmm. in their first district game, and they've sort of come into their own a little bit since uh, scuffling a little bit at the beginning of the season with the tough non-district schedule themselves. But this now becomes a pretty huge game. I know it's still really early, but McGregor and Academy, McGregor at 1-0 Academy at 0-1 in district play, um, we could see sort of the, the hierarchy of this district start to play out tonight with, with those two teams matching up. Uh,
9: yeah, there's no question. I think particularly for Academy, this is a huge game for Chris Lancaster's team. The, the last thing you want to do in that district is get an 0-2 hole. I mean, that, that's that's just hard to dig out of. And, again, we we were talking about it on our program, Game Time, earlier today, uh, heard 10 to noon uh, every, every weekday, that, you know every coach wants to say they play in the toughest district in Texas but i if you start looking around at, some, at at the central texas league some of these leagues are incredibly incredibly difficult and that's one of them when you start talking about the the competition in that in that league in that district it is crazy just how competitive that league is. I was joking with Ray Biles about him wanting to stay in 4A where it's a little easier, but, you know, uh, <laughs> instead of moving down to 3A. But, you know, and again, we're being facetious, but uh, it really is a competitive league. And, and you've got several of those leagues. I mean, look at the league that Midway's playing in this year Midway and Waco Ohio. They're going to play Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar, you know. There's unbelievable caliber, the caliber of competition. And then you get down to that league as deep as it is, Stephen, and, and you may not have the best team in the state of Texas, but when you start talking about all of the teams that are in that league, seriously, on any Friday night, if you don't play well, you're going to get beat.
0: Oh, that's the case for sure. And, Tom, a game that I know is, is kind of close to your heart, Conley and Robinson squaring off tonight. And both these teams, Conley, you know, they, they're going to try to play anybody, and they have high expectations this year. Um, and Robinson under Robert Rubel, first-year head coach, they're able to, to pull out some wins in non-district play as well what do you expect as those two kind of crosstown rivals square off this evening
9: well I, I, let's just be honest uh, where shane anderson's got his mm-hmm. program is where robert Rubel in a, it wants to get his program i mean he's a first year head coach with a first year offensive coordinator and a first year defensive coordinator you want to talk about a, a rebuild restart reload whatever you want to call it that's what they're doing at roberts now 2 3 seasons from now i mean next year i mean i don't know how long it's going to take but and obviously they're going to play every game as if it was you know like their hair's on fire but uh it, it takes time when you start implementing a new offense and that is a brand new offense as you know when Tommy uh when Tommy was there it was it was uh, Tom, uh, Tommy Allison when he was there it was four wides let's throw the football and as Tommy would say he would search to find grass for his receivers to go to and his quarterback to throw to. I mean, it was about looking at the defense and seeing how he could scheme the defense to put his receivers in the best position to be successful. They were going to throw the football. And then when you started backing up, they were going to run the football. Uh, So, I mean, you know, but that's not what they're doing at Robinson now. Offensively, offensively, this is a more run-oriented uh, football team, and and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna bunch it in tight, and they're just doing a lot of different things. So, as you know, when you make a transition to a new offense, Steven, it's not just the plays. And it's not just the formations. you got to learn new terminology. You, there's so much you got to learn. And then they're doing the exact same thing on defense. I mean, they're, they're, they've got a, a new defensive coordinator, and they haven't made a lot of changes as far as what they like to do schematically, but they are doing some things differently. Terminology is a little different. So there's a lot of learning going on in the Robinson program. On the Conversely, Shane Anderson's been around, what, five or six seasons now at Conley, and he's got – He's got those guys clicking, and and that's a team I still say, and I said this after I did the La Vega game, uh, Conley and La Vega, uh, earlier this year. Conley is a team, and La Vega is, both of those teams are teams that you really could see play very, very deep into the playoffs. And, and I think that Conley has those those skills uh, to, to do that. I mean, they're very good in the particularly on the defensive side of the football, they run the ball well. I think they want to throw it a little bit more and a little in a little bit be a little more consistent in their passing game. But they can run the football and they can play defense. And if you can do that, you got a chance. And I think that I think Conley's a team that really makes a a, a good deep run in the playoffs. And quite honestly, going into tonight, I think Conley's. A, in fact, I know they are. They're the team to beat in the district.
0: Matt Mosley show here on ESPN Central Texas. Steven Simcox with you. Tom Barfield is uh, joining me uh, as Midway will take on Austin Westlake tonight. And you can hear that game right here where you're listening right now. ESPN Central Texas starting at 7 o'clock. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Matt Mosley sat down with Dave Aranda yesterday. We will have some of that interview if you missed it. If you want to hear it again, he gets into, of course, the West Virginia game. Also, what is the health of this offensive line and more? That's coming up next. Matt Mosley, Stephen Simcox, ESPN Central Texas.
8: The Bears on the road for the first time this season, this
9: Saturday, headed to Morgantown to take on the Mountaineers. 9 a.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. 11 a.m. kickoff with J.J. Joe, Ricky Thompson, and the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
8: Bears ears. From Milan Pushkar Stadium in Morgantown, Here
10: on ESPN Central Texas.
12: Nobody has a better selection of Ram trucks than Cameron Autoplex. Need a large truck for your growing family? They've got that. Need a do everything truck? They've got that. Need a heavy duty work truck? They've got that too. More and more Central Texas buyers are making that short drive to Cameron Autoplex on Highway 77 South in Cameron and to CameronAutoplex.com. Find out why. New truck owners are saying it's always cheaper in Cameron.
13: Do you wake up each morning with chronic joint pain or go to sleep at night with the aches and pains of a recent or old sports injury? Meet Dr. Lance Ellis, a board-certified orthopedic surgeon with Coriel Health that specializes in orthopedic spine surgery, minimally invasive treatments for bone and joint pain, hip replacement, and joint reconstruction. To learn more about Dr. Ellis' personalized treatment plans or to schedule an appointment, visit Coriolhealth.org. Coriel Health, where you always feel at home.
14: All Texans need an approved form of ID to vote. Before going to the polls, visit VoteTexas.gov to check if you have one of the seven approved photo IDs, like a Texas driver license. The full list can be found at VoteTexas.gov. You can also find what to do if you do not possess and cannot reasonably obtain one. Visit VoteTexas.gov or call 1-800-252-VOTE. That's 1-800-252-8683. Sponsored by the Texas Secretary of State.
7: Automatic Chef Canteen is Central Texas premier break room vending service provider. Automatic Chef offers micro markets, office coffee and tea service, breakfast, lunch and dinner products, touchless vending, cashless payments, innovative technology. Let Automatic Chef Canteen design a break room that fits your specific needs. For over 50 years, Central Texas companies have relied on Automatic Chef Canteen for all their break room needs. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco and online at Automatic Chef Canteen dot com. ESPN Radio Sports. Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Small Sandwich Shop. Three more series closed out in the MLB playoffs. Atlanta beat Cincinnati five to nothing, sweeps their series. The Dodgers sweep the Brewers, and the A's beat the White Sox six to four to take that series two to one. Two games today: Marlins and Cubs going on right now. Marlins lead that series one to nothing, and the Cards and Padres tied at one each. First pitch at six. Game two of the NBA Finals: Lakers in Heat tonight. Lakers lead that series one to nothing. Tip at eight o'clock. Broncos beat the Jets last night. For their first win of the season, 37-28. High school football tonight across our airways: Robinson and Conley on 1590 and 993. Midway versus Austin Westlake, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Both pregame start at 7. And Temple versus Magnolia West on Fox Sports Central Texas. Our pregame starts at 6:30. High school scoreboard after the games tonight with Steven Simcox and Garrett Rawls. Sports Center every 20 minutes,
8: only on ESPN Central
0: Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Steven Simcox here with you. Matt's out today, but Tom Barfield is going to be joining me. We'll have uh, Brian Davis at 420 from the Austin American Statesman talking Longhorns as they take on TCU this week. And we'll also have Glenn Stretch-Smith from Game Time, former Cowboys scout, talking Cowboys at 440 this afternoon. But right now, we'll get into uh, some Dave Aranda. Dave spoke with uh, Matt Mosley yesterday, by the way, Matt Mosley show presented by central national bank. Thank you to central national bank locations in temple Waco, and even in Austin. For those of you that are down near round rock, listening to us right now, here's Dave Aranda's weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley show.
12: Matt Mosley show with Stephen Simcox ESPN central Texas weekly appearance from Dave Aranda and, uh, Dave, uh, uh, going from that, got, finally got that first game under your belt, going into the second week, um, how, has, how has everything gone in general? I mean, it's, uh, you know, the old saying goes, you improved so much from the first week, but you waited so long. Uh, how have the players responded? How banged up were they after, uh, after that first game of the season?
15: um no i appreciate the question that, you know, they're excited i feel there's a um there's been a really good momentum uh starting on you know the following day on sunday and um monday we had off we had a majority of the guys up here at some point watching tape um and then tuesday and wednesday were really fast paced tempo was really good effort was really good um wasn't a bunch of busts. there's you know there's some new things that are in and and guys were um were performing kind of uh, uh, uh effortlessly in terms of communication in terms of being on the same page the the mechanics of some of the new stuff was uh, was easier than than what i anticipated and so i feel really good i think the uh, there's a confidence and there is a uh, I guess a quiet confidence, but a, um, a good, a good feeling. So we'll see. Today's important. We've got short yards today. We've got uh, red zone and we've got goal line today. So it's another, another big piece.
12: Do you feel like um, you're getting cheated at all? Having uh, to, um, I mean, this is a, this is known as a hostile environment. They'll, uh, they'll burn a few couches on you in Morgantown. Um, How do you, how do you kind of prepare for a road trip where there will basically be no fans in the stadium? I, obviously we see the, uh, the benefits to that. Do you, are there any negatives to that in terms of, Hey, you got to generate your own, your own kind of, uh, energy and all, and all that type of thing.
15: Yeah. I think that would be just the normal way that we would do it or what I would hope, what I would like to be, um, I would like for it to be solidified that that would be the normal way that we would do it. You know, so an example would be practice. I think there's, there's, you know, it could be 50, 50. You look throughout our league, do people practice with music? Do they practice without music? Um, It might be a little bit more. um, Maybe it's more for music than, than that 50%. But we've always not had it. And with the the thought that we're going to create our own, um, our own energy and we're going to create our own um, intensity and focus and uh, create our own excitement. And so, you know, I go back to these, these last two days and we've had that. I mean, there's been big plays, there's been emotion, there's been guys getting called out, guys rising up and all of it. So I think we just, you know, continue to uh, be the best version of us and show up there and be us, you know, Saturday
12: morning. So your, uh, your leadership council, they haven't tried to convince you to bring in music. Uh, the players do tend to enjoy music at practice. They haven't tried to change your mind on that rule?
15: No, no. I, um, I, you know, there, we have some during, um, during stretch and then we've got some music uh, when guys are entering in the indoor um, for the start of practice. Um, you know, as they're getting dressed, the indoor kind of is is uh, a meeting place, it's a locker room and it's uh, an indoor practice facility. And so while it's going through some of those transitions, there's music going and um, so they, they'll, you know, we all enjoy it during that time, but. You know, it, there hasn't been any, I think they, they kind of feel now that the the energy that can be created just by practicing hard, being focused on, on the job at hand. And, you know, um, it's contagious once you start playing fast and make plays and, you know, everyone wants to get in, get in on it. And, uh, you know, like I said, we want to take that to Saturday for sure.
12: Are you uh, do you find Fedora and Wickline uh, trying to turn on the classic rock? Um, you know, do you try to get in some Dave Matthews Band, or do, do the uh, do you kind of let the players run the music before practice? Uh,
15: yeah, so before practice, that's actually it's a, that's a good question. So we will have um, there's one day where it will be a country day, and then they um, there'll be another um which will be rap and players particularly fired up about that that day and then there's another that's kind of like i would say old school rap um some 90s rap um in that you know ice cube and tupac and that and so um you know coach stewart gets pretty fired up about that one and so uh, <laughs> we try to mix it up between between that and then there's then there's classic rock as well and so those days will. Um, we'll we'll mix in and so um it's good i mean there's there's players that uh you would not think would like uh the classic rock day that are into it man there's some air guitars going and so um, it's nice to build to kind of have that mix
12: yeah yeah i would uh i wish we could get some of that on social media uh it is uh, dave aranda on his weekly appearance matt mosley show espn central texas dave can you shed light uh, on the situation at offensive line. There was some hope, obviously uh, Xavier coming back from that uh, suspension and then two more linemen that were not able to go um, in that game the other night. You were hoping to get them back. What is the, uh, what's the latest on that?
15: Looks really good. Yeah, it looks like um, we're we're planning on it. And so, you know, our practices to this point, like I say, have been, have been, full of attention to detail a lot of um, a lot of great communication a lot of cohesiveness and, you know it's never i mean that's always going to be important but it's not much more important than than um, the offensive line um, is asking and so i think like for us to have some consistency there and to have the same same uh, group of five kind of working together and seeing the same thing communicating the same thing i think it's important so, so far, so good.
12: All right. And I would imagine Mose and some of those other guys you uh, had in there, Phillips, that will come in handy later in the season with uh, some of those uh, players getting uh, extended time. Let me ask you about a couple of players. Um, what did you see? And the reason I bring him up is because Tyquan Thornton is uh, thought of as one of the great receivers in the conference. I'm wondering what you saw from him uh, in that first game, And and what you need to see from Taekwon.
15: I thought there's positive things with him. I thought you know there's some plays that have changed at the line, and um, he's there taking a leadership role, you know, communicating, getting getting stuff lined up, and being where he needs to be. I think you know there's um, there's when 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 balls and opportunities come his come his way, you want to see him capitalize it and um, capitalize on it, and I know that. You know, I certainly feel that way and, and no one more than Taekwon. And so I know that he is uh, very motivated for this one. And the, especially with the amount of pressure that we're expecting from West Virginia and the different looks and, and blitzes and stunts and, you know, the, the ability to get the ball out and get it into space, um, I think that's kind of tailor-made for what Taekwon Thornton can do. And so anticipating a, a a big day from him.
12: The um, uh, I, I happened to see and uh, Charlie go into that tent briefly. It's amazing how quickly they put that tent up and then put it away. It was almost like a magic trick. And then suddenly he was uh, back on the sideline. That uh, looked like they put a little wrap on it. The quad bruise, I believe, is what you you uh, referred to it at, after the game. Any? Uh, has it held him back at all? Or I mean, he looked like he wasn't really bothered by it at all when he came back in the game. Any? Have you had to limit him at all this week, or is he is he full go?
15: He's full go. Yeah, so no uh, no limitation.
12: Okay, good. Charlie is uh, ready to roll. Talking to Dave Aranda, coach of the Baylor Bears, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN um, Central Texas. Now this West Virginia team have a Texas product at quarterback, uh, Jarrett Daigie, um, and you know one of the things they've been able to do early in this season. Is run the ball a little bit? I, as I recall, last year, David, I'm sure you've seen the film. Um, off the old line sort of got manhandled a little bit by this uh, West Virginia uh, defensive line. Did you look back and take a peek at that? And and what do you uh, what what do you see from uh, from this West Virginia team so far as you've uh, prepared for it?
15: No, I did. I, I watched. I've watched that game a couple times. You know, I think it. Um, there are some similarities in that game to our first game. You know, just this past week. Um, and so, in speaking, in speaking to that, you know, the the Kansas game. Um, there, there's uh, some odd front structure that Kansas uh, presented. We looked at. We id ided uh, Mike backer to the left and lo and behold they blitz somebody from the right and um next series we id somebody to the right and then they they blitz a guy off the edge to the left and so there was a there you know especially early in the game there was a fair amount of that and um credit to to joe and to uh larry and and um charlie and them you know we we got it corrected but that happened um Uh, a fair amount in last year's West Virginia game. The very very first play is an example. I think um, when we line up and it's an odd front and we slide it to one way, and pressure comes the opposite. And that continued on again for about the the first three quarters. And, you know, I think one of them, their game defensively is the amount of linebacker pressure they can bring and stunts and picks and, um, you know, linebackers slash nickel rushes, but they combine that with a really good nose guard that's difficult to block one-on-one. And so when you defend an odd an front structure like this and, hey, these guys are coming or these guys are coming, you've got to be right with your mic ID. And So you've got to be all, you know, um, there's three down linemen. So we our five will have those three, but then it's where's the fourth rusher coming from? That's the whole reason for the three-man structure. And so the offense has to figure that out. Um, and there's certain tells, and there's certain formations that can stretch certain people certain ways, and, and give you a, a, a tip or a clue as to uh, what what you know what it what's going to end up being. Uh, but you want to be right because um, you know if you're wrong and something comes the other way, then it's a it's a walk in. And you know a way that um, to not play that game. Of trying to ID where is where is it coming from? They're trying to not tell us. We're trying to find out a way to not play that game is to say, you know what, we're just going to play five five zero. We're just going to center take the nose, tackles take the ends, mm-hmm. two, two guards you take the linebackers, running back you take you take the you know the fourth guy either way. And um, some people have tried to do that. And The danger with that is that now the center is one on one versus probably their best player. And so that's their game, and they, they, they play that game pretty good.
0: That's uh, Baylor head football coach Dave Aranda with Matt Mosley. Coming up in our next segment, we'll discuss that Baylor-West Virginia game as well as some other games across the Big 12 Conference as uh, we close in on the end of the 3 o'clock hour. Don't forget 3 o'clock hour brought to you by CNC Collision Center. Thank you to them for sponsoring uh, the station and the Matt Mosley show as well. We'll take a break. I'll be rejoined by Tom Barfield next. This is ESPN Central Texas.
8: Recently on Game Time.
9: Okay, so stretch just before and I'm talking seconds before
0: the microphones
9: open. Well, you, you know, I, I look at Garrett and, and say the beauty of baseball to me is that there's no <laughs> there's no clock. And uh, he goes, Oh no no, no I'm, they're too long. And that's fine to have that opinion. I said, Well, Garrett, you got to understand, you're young and I'm old. He goes, Well, that's true. He hey. just just he just threw me under the bus for being a little elderly. <laughs> I no, that's, you know, I think
16: after yesterday with the dog incident, you were owed that one. <laughs>
9: okay, is <exactly. laughs> that? Oh, yeah, that's right. He wanted he wanted to name two months after you yeah. and I.
17: Wasn't that wasn't that a very kind thing to do.
9: See, I got
5: oh, our back I stretched. Way. <laughs> right away. Right I away, I don't date, don't take it, buddy. Water. Just stab
9: him back whenever he tries to whenever he tries to throw one of those singers at you. One of the many things that happened is uh is memory and I forgot all about that
8: yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't clearly. Nope. <laughs> this is game time on ESPN Central Texas.
6: Hi, this is Travis with Texas Trust Home Buyers, and I buy houses cash. Call me today at 870-8645. I'll buy your house for cash and pay you cash up front. I buy houses in any price range and any location in Waco and Central Texas. Do you own a house that needs thousands of dollars in repair? Great, because I love buying fix-up houses. Do you have a tenant living in your property? Not a problem. I'll buy your house with a tenant in it. Do you think your property will be difficult to sell? Easy, we provide assistance for any situation. If you need cash for your house, call me today at 870-8645. That's 870-8645. Or check me out at texastrusthomebuyers.com. That's texastrusthomebuyers.com. Remember, if you need cash fast, I'll pay you cash up front. Call me today at 870-8645. 870-8645. That's 870-8645. Or online at texastrusthomebuyers.com. That's texastrusthomebuyers.com. Travis is a licensed real estate broker in the state of Texas.
3: The Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, October 3rd, and Sunday, October 4th at the Harker Heights Event Center off Edwards Drive. The Real Texas Gun Show, buy, sell, and trade firearms. The vendors are some of the most reputable in the state of Texas. The Real Texas Gun Show. More than just guns, you'll also find preppers, survivalist supplies and equipment, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, and so much more. Head on down to the Real Texas Gun Show, October 3rd, 9 to 5, and October 4th, 10 to 4, at the Harker Heights Event Center. Social distancing and masks required.
13: Do you wake up each morning with chronic joint pain or go to sleep at night with the aches and pains of a recent or old sports injury? Meet Dr. Lance Ellis, a board-certified orthopedic surgeon with Coriel Health that specializes in orthopedic spine surgery, minimally invasive treatments for bone and joint pain, hip replacement, and joint reconstruction. To learn more about Dr. Ellis' personalized treatment plans or to schedule an appointment, visit CorielHealth.org. Coriel Health, where you always feel at home.
7: ESPN Radio Sports. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Small Sandwich Shop. Three more series closed out in the MLB playoffs. Atlanta beat Cincinnati five to nothing, sweeps their series. The Dodgers sweep the Brewers and the A's beat the White Sox six to four to take that series two to one. Two games today. Marlins and Cubs going on right now. Marlins lead that series one to nothing. And the Cards and Padres tied at one each. First pitch at six. Game two of the NBA finals, Lakers in Heat tonight. Lakers lead that series one to nothing. Tip at eight o'clock. Broncos beat the Jets last night for their first win of the season 37 28 high school football tonight across our airways robinson and conley on 1590 and 99 3 midway versus austin westlake right here on espn central texas both pregame start at 7 and temple versus magnolia west on fox sports central texas our pregame starts at 6 30 high school scoreboard after the games tonight with steven simcox and garrett Rawls. sports center every
8: 20 minutes only on espn central texas KRZI Waco K222 DC Waco
3: Station is now the ultimate
13: power in the universe. K265
8: DV Temple This is ESPN Central Texas <laughs> It's time for Campus Confidential our daily look at college football news Here's your host Matt Mosley
0: Steven Simcox here with you filling in for Matt Mosley I'll be joined by Tom Barfield here in a second Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll have uh, Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman. He'll be talking Texas and TCU coming up tomorrow at 11 a.m. And at 4.40, our buddy, well, really Tom's buddy, but I I like to claim him as my buddy as well because he's really smart about football, Uh, Glenn Stretch-Smith. He'll talk some Cowboys with us as they get ready for a pretty critical game, I think, against the Browns. On Sunday afternoon, but Tom, uh, you're you're live at Midway, getting ready for Midway Westlake tonight. Are the PE students still out there? Have they finally been released from? Uh, no, I, their dues?
9: I think they've gone home for the day. So okay, uh, and for the weekend. But uh, there's a there's a lot of camera crews here, so I'm going to assume this is being televised. Maybe back to uh, back to Austin because uh, all of the uh, the television gear that is uh, in a booth next to me. So.
0: Whole new world with uh, with these TV games. I, I know you've been able to do a few of them, and it's really great for uh, for the high school athletes across the state. Though,
9: oh, there's no question, and I mean, it's a great recruiting tool if you, you to get video. And with the uh, with the social distancing and the limited number of people that can get into the stadiums, uh, it, it's either radio and or television for these folks. And you know, there's a lot, and I think this year will be the only year that you'll see live. Uh, football games, uh, and then it'll go back to just simply the radio thing, and then the television stuff will be taped delay. So it'll be interesting to see how all that unfolds. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I-, I think they're doing some things for some of these games, and, and it's you know, and it's it's going to help out for uh, for folks that cannot get tickets to the game. There's there's you know, there's a lot of folks that just simply cannot get get tickets because they they are limited on how many tickets they can offer. They offer tickets to to uh, each player, and uh, maybe you know, I, I don't know what the number is. Maybe four, probably. So it's it's mom, it's dad, it's maybe a grandma or an aunt or something. But you know, for everybody else, it's you you can't get into the stadium where you know uh, what is it 50 percent, something like that at the high mm-hmm. school level. So there, you just can't, and so you you have to have another another way. And I know that uh, that there's some live streaming. There's going to be a live streaming of uh, of. From our side of it, from the uh, midway side of it, and they're going to be using our audio to do that. So, uh, so you know, you'll have a couple of opportunities to to listen and to watch this game from Panther Stadium. So, and Stephen, I'm excited about it. I think it's. I just I, you know, when when you got the defending state champion coming in, and uh, the the Dodge name, we we all know that Todd Dodge has has coached at. at, at Several high schools and has done well, and his son is coaching South Lake Carroll. And Todd Dodge has also been the head coach in North Texas, so he's coached at the collegiate level, the high school level. His son is now coaching at the high school level, so uh, you know, good stuff. And in uh, a tip of the hat to Jeff Hume for scheduling tough competition and, and scheduling these guys. And you know, as as he and I talked on Tuesday of this week. Uh, He's going to know a lot more about his football team. He knew a lot more after after the Round Rock scrimmage, and he's going to know a lot more after tonight. If you play inferior competition, you, yeah, you can get a W, but are you learning anything about your football team as you get your club ready to go into district play? And I think the answer to that is no. So playing these guys is a you know, great challenge, great reward.
0: That's right, and uh, you're dead on about the scheduling. I mean, Coach Hume always does that. He always goes out and plays the best because he wants to see where his team is. He wants to get a good picture of who they are. So we'll have uh, Midway and Westlake coming up, 7 o'clock broadcast, 7.30 kickoff. And uh, you can also hear Temple and Magnolia West at 6.30. We'll get started pretty much right after this show is is wrapping up. Um, and, and that pregame show will get going on Fox Sports Central Texas. But at 4 o'clock, we typically talk college football, mm-hmm. so we'll continue that here. And, Tom, Baylor took care of business, essentially, against Kansas. I mean, aside from a good opening drive from the Jayhawks, um, they were pretty solid both offensively and defensively. Now going on the road for the first time, what do you think about this environment? Obviously, Morgantown is typically a very raucous place, but just the idea of you're going to have limited capacity, very little people in the stands, um, I I guess your initial thought is, you know, that's a good thing for Baylor. I, I do wonder, though, how much that might throw them off, just not having that typical game day environment, even though they got a taste of that at McLean on Saturday.
9: You know, I don't know. I, I think that it uh, it clearly neutralizes the place because if you go back and historically uh, going into Morgantown is incredibly difficult. First of all, to get to Morgantown is not exactly easy. Most of the time you fly into Pittsburgh, then you then you jump in a vehicle and and you head down to Morgantown but that aside i with what, with the stadium empty because of the uh, the the covid rule, rules and all that uh I, I think it really neutralizes that home field advantage and we've seen that steven we have seen that through the first 3 weeks uh, or 4 weeks whatever the case may be that that those the home field just isn't what it what we thought it would be or what it's been previously when there's 50 60 70 even 100,000 people in the stadium it it's it's just different and, and i think it does neutralize it i you know we've seen we, we we've talked for the last two or three weeks that's an upset that's an upset boy that, how did that team go on the road and get a win well they went on the road and got a win because there's it was an, it was basically like playing in a neutral site other than the travel aspect of it it's almost like playing in a neutral site situation, and I, I think once Baylor and West Virginia get going and they get into the flow of the football game, uh, how that affect with no crowd? How does it affect? I don't know. I mean, uh, hopefully they can you know they can lock in, focus in, and, and just kind of tune out the fact that it's awfully quiet in the stadium. And I don't think we get a full appreciation of it because we're getting that piped-in crowd noise on, on the television and, and on the radio and all that stuff. But it will be very, very quiet in that stadium uh, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m.
0: You're right about the home field advantage aspect. I mean, we saw road team after road team go in and mm-hmm. get victories last week. It, it makes it um, really even because, as you said, the crowd's just not there. I'm very curious to see, you know, this offensive line for Baylor to me has been – that's been the difference maker and, and they were able to, to get better last year and sort of overcome it. But when Connor Galvin went down, they went through a stretch about three or four games where they really struggled to score and the defense was able to pick them up. But we, we've been really excited about Jake Burton, the transfer from UCLA. You're getting Betty a back. You're getting Xavier Newman back. So can you protect Charlie Brewer? Can you run the ball downhill? Like you expect to. And West Virginia has got a guy in the middle, Darius stills, who is just a monster um honestly he kind of embarrassed their o-line last year they were able to get the victory so they got the last laugh but he was big that was kind of his breakout game he was he was yapping a little bit and chirping at them letting them know what he was doing to them during the game so that's that's a matchup that i'm curious to watch is is how up front are they going to handle things as they roll into morgantown and have a chance to get a victory on saturday and again that game's at 11 a.m you can hear the coverage starting at 9 a.m right here on ESPN Central Texas. And, and Tom, while you guys were out there last week at, at the tailgate area, getting ready for that Baylor-Kansas game, we're watching as K-State makes this furious comeback against, uh, against Oklahoma, and they took the Sooners down. So now Oklahoma's sitting at 18th, and they have a really interesting matchup this week against Iowa State names. I, I saw the stat today, Tom. Oklahoma has not lost consecutive games in the regular season since 1999. That's an incredible stat um just incredible consistency there Iowa State's been kind of up and down they lost to Louisiana they went in and beat TCU uh last weekend but how do you think this game goes now with Oklahoma kind of taking it on the chin last weekend and not closing that game out against K-State
9: man you know there, we were talking about it earlier there are two games that, that in, maybe even three but two games really jump out at you Oklahoma in Iowa State and in Kansas State and Texas Tech. Let's begin with Oklahoma and Iowa State. How does Iowa State respond? Uh, you know, they're coming off a victory. You, you know, you've heard the old saying, Stephen, with great highs come great lows. How does Oklahoma respond? I mean, are they still moping around after wondering what the heck happened uh, against Kansas State on Saturday? or Are they a little ticked off, and, and are they going to go into Ames, Iowa, with a chip on their shoulder and uh, and get after Iowa State? Ames is typically, <laughs> here we go. Ames is typically one of those difficult places to play, but with with the situation now and and things kind of neutralized, is it uh, how is it going to be for uh, for for uh, the the situation coming up uh, th- on Saturday? So we'll see how how everything unfolds, but I I don't know. I I think. <laughs> Looking into the crystal ball, I think Oklahoma plays well tomorrow, don't you?
0: Yeah, I do. I feel like, you know, Spencer Rattler, he didn't have the best game in the second half, but he's an incredibly talented guy, and I feel like he'll be able to turn this thing around. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk with uh, Brian Davis about that TCU-Texas matchup, and a few other games in the Big 12 Conference, Oklahoma State against Kansas, and Texas Tech against Kansas State. But switching gears a little bit, Tom, I wanted to ask you about one more team, just kind of across... Uh, the nation that caught my eye last week. So Mike Leach, I know you know him well. He he was at Tech Forever, and he obviously did a great job there. Um, ends up at, at Wazoo and and did a formidable job bringing them up. And when he got that Mississippi State job, Tom, I thought, well, that's that's interesting. You know, Leach is obviously a great quote. He He's going to bring some energy to that program. And everywhere he's been, it's kind of been the same thing. They're going to win eight to ten games a season. They're probably going to beat somebody they – They shouldn't, and they might, you know, drop a few games that leave you scratching your head. But they went into LSU and just, you know, took down the defending national champs. They play Arkansas this week. I was skeptical about how that air raid offense would work, playing the SEC, playing physical teams week in and week out. Were you were you a believer after Mississippi State took down LSU <laughs> well, and yeah. in what Leach could do in the SEC?
9: Is that not a? I mean, I, I didn't give him a chance to go into Baton Rouge. You, nobody wins in Baton Rouge. You just don't do that. in in but man, that's that's an awfully different LSU football team, isn't it? Uh, than, than a year ago. Oh yeah. It, it's you know there's the numbers are, are staggering, but uh, yeah, I, I mean. I think he can, and I think he's shown that he can win, and I think they will win. And and you know, me and you and 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 Stretch and 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 Mosley, we can go beat Arkansas tomorrow. So. Well, <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. Your daughter's going to
0: call you. And, yeah, my person. kid is
9: probably on the phone right now, dialing up, going pig suey to you too." But uh, th- th- they're not—they're th- not good. You know, they're not good, and and that's a—that l- looks like it's a long, tedious rebuild in Fayetteville. So, man, he's going to get out to a two and zero start, and uh shoot. You know, once you get once you get the thing, the ball rolling, it can roll downhill, as you were talking about. And, and I do believe that they're going to—they're a good football team. I mean. They, you, I don't care if the stadium's empty or if there's seventy. You go into Baton Rouge and, and you play like they played. You're, you're a good football team, and I realize that LSU is a much different football team than they were a year ago. But still, it is LSU after all.
0: Yes, it is, and you're right. I mean, it's the coaching staff was basically gutted. They lost a lot of players of the NFL. You know, they their best wide receiver and Jamar Chase opted out. It's a totally different LSU team. But, man, what a statement from, uh, from Mississippi State. A couple games in the SEC, and then we'll go to break. Just, just be aware of your college football schedule tomorrow. Number four, Georgia takes on number seven, Auburn at 6.30 on ESPN. And then A&M takes on Alabama at 2.30. That's the big CBS SEC game of the week. And, man, a huge game for the Aggies. Listen, they can, they can do all they want against the Mississippi schools, And, you know, beat up on the SEC East. But this is why Jimbo was brought in. He was brought in to win these games against Alabama. So can they not only be competitive, but can they go in and finally get a victory um, against the Crimson Tide and start to throw their weight around a little bit in the SEC West? We'll get a better idea of that tomorrow afternoon uh, when they take on Nick Saban and company. We'll take a break. When we come back, Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman will break down that just insane game against Tech last week and uh, look ahead to tomorrow afternoon's tilt with TCU in Austin. This is the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. There's a reason customers drive from all over Texas to buy a Ram pickup truck from Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron.
2: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Looking great for high school football tonight. We'll see clear skies and kickoff temperatures right around 73 degrees. Eventually overnight with clear skies, it'll be very comfortable and cool with lows dropping to 52 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies as we kick off the weekend. Highs top out at 85 and same story on Sunday. Mostly sunny, just as beautiful with a high of 85. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 530 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
4: At Marineland Boating Center, we believe in families, fishing, and everyone who enjoys being on the water. That's why Marineland is home to Alumacraft, boats designed and built by generations of fishing enthusiasts for fishing enthusiasts. For over 70 years, Alumacraft has been providing durability and innovation. Whether it's time for water sports or the perfect catch, we've got an Alumacraft model to fit your style and budget. Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or visit MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. Um... The Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, October 3rd, and Sunday, October
3: 4th at the Harker Heights Event Center off Edwards Drive. The Real Texas Gun Show. Buy, sell, and trade firearms. The vendors are some of the most reputable in the state of Texas. The Real Texas Gun Show. More than just guns, you'll also find prepper survivalist supplies and equipment, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, and so much more. Head on down to the Real Texas Gun Show, October 3rd, 9 to 5, and October 4th, 10 to 4, at the Harker Heights Event Center. Social distancing and masks required
1: wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number, so why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank, and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank
0: and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Experience the homemade food and unique atmosphere that everyone is talking about at Fox's Treats and Eats. This 1950s-style diner serves one-of-a-kind sandwiches on their homemade bread, salads, soups, pies, cakes, and cookies, all made fresh daily. Enjoy Fox's Treats and Eats malts, shakes, floats, and sundaes while enjoying music from the 50s. Fox's Treats and Eats, adjacent to the Cedar Chest Antique Mall, Highway 84, near McGregor.
12: Hey, it's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley's show is Stephen Simcox. Dr. Tyler Cooper, Dallas' own Cooper Clinic, says your health is your responsibility. Control what you can control to live a better life. One thing everyone can control is what we put in our bodies. Most of us don't get the proper amounts of vitamins, minerals we need from food alone. Supplements help round out our diet to ensure our bodies get what they need for better health. Whether it's comprehensive multivitamin, like basic one multivitamin, advanced omega-3 for heart and brain health, or melatonin to help you sleep better, Cooper Complete Nutrition, Supplements has what your body needs Cooper Complete has a special offer just for Listeners of the Matt Mosley show buy any two Bottles of Cooper Complete vitamins or supplements And get one bottle free Just use coopercomplete.com The coupon code ESPN2020 That's three bottles of Cooper Complete Vitamins and supplements for the price of two When you use the coupon code ESPN2020 At coopercomplete.com Live longer live better with Cooper Complete nutritional supplements
14: When it comes to me and my money, I know the way it should be.
11: For a limited time, refinance your vehicle and have 90 days with zero payments only at Genco FCU. Refinancing will lower your rate and lower your payment. Actually pay less for your vehicle. Then two winners have a chance to win a 0% loan. You can't pass on rates as low as 1.75% for 48 months. Apply online today and save your money. With every loan refinanced, Genco will donate to a school fund for two schools to win a $1,500 donation. The two schools with the most votes vote today and every day until december 4th go to gencofcu.org no purchase necessary to vote refinance and pay less for your vehicle keep your payments for 90 days and help your school win cash annual percentage rate subject to change without notice subject to credit approval membership eligibility and loan policies for more information go to gencofcu.org ncua equal housing lender <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Steven Simcox and Tom Barfield here with you. Tom getting ready for uh, some high school football. that's going to be coming your way later tonight. Midway taking on Austin Westlake. Broadcast at 7, kickoff at 7.30. And a man that's that's in Austin, works for the Austin American Statesman, Brian Davis now joins us as Texas will take on TCU tomorrow afternoon at 11 a.m. And Brian, first I wanted to ask you just about that crazy game last week. When uh, when Tech went up two scores with that long run late in the game, did you uh, did you have any belief that the Longhorns would be able to come back and, and end up winning that game in overtime?
18: <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just, I'll just tell it like it is no. Uh, you know, to have a 15-point lead with 313 left, I mean, that, that should be enough. And, um, you know, the fact that you, when you look at the sequence of events that needed to happen, uh, for Texas to come back and tie it up and force overtime, it's—I mean, it's—it kind of defies belief, especially the way that the onside kick uh, ricocheted off the tech, uh, tech players' hands and went into that open space—a perfect, a perfect uh, ricochet for Malcolm Epps to be there to grab the loose ball. I mean, just a ton of things had to go right. Hey
9: Brian, one thing I, I, I thought about in that game is Sam and the offense. They they kept playing. Now, I mean, even down, they just and I think that they kept them in an opportunity to to take advantage of those of those crazy situations because they did just keep playing. I mean, they just kept
18: playing the football game. They really did. I mean, anytime the offense was out there, I mean, if, if you if you look at the game as a whole, other than the wheels kind of falling off in the third quarter. Um, the offense played terrific, and and uh, and, and really, um, you know, they spread the ball around. the only The only thing, the only thing that, they, that they're not doing as well as I think they probably should is running the football. I mean, Keonta Ingram is having uh, he had a, he had over 100 total yards. He had some really nice uh, catches out of the backfield, but they are not lining up and just running over anybody. yet. they didn't do it against UTEP. And they just had so-so results against Tech, and so to me, that's that's what's going to be big tomorrow is that against TCU, you know, the the offense has got to stay on the field uh, because because TCU's defense, as we all know, is is what frustrates the devil out of everybody, right? So they've got to find a way to get first downs, move the chains, run the clock. Um, You know, I think that's going to be the key to the ball game tomorrow.
0: Brian what have you seen with with Chris Ash I know Tech you know scored some points on special teams last week but giving up just touchdown after touchdown to to Alan Bowman is this just a a team adjusting to a new scheme was it busted plays I mean what did you see last week that that led that UT defense to struggle
18: well I mean in in my opinion it was just missed tackles I mean just just earth-shakingly bad tackling right I mean it was just it was B.J. Foster leading with his head down. It was, uh, you know, a couple other DBs not even bothering to wrap up. I mean, you can't just bounce off a guy and expect him to fall down. That's just not how this works at this level. And so, um, you know, I honestly, I, I thought that the, I thought that the scheme was sound, and I really don't have a problem with what they are trying to do. Um, but, but you get, you know, when you get your hands around guys, you got to get get them to the ground. That's that's the main thing. And so. Uh, you know, you can chalk up some of that to to, uh, to to 2020, you know. No spring practice. There was sort of a limited, um, you know, practice the way they did August. Um, so I, I can kind of buy that to some extent. But, you know, look, these guys have been playing football for how many years now? Since middle school? I mean, come on. They know, they know how to tackle. They just need to get out there and do it.
9: Uh, we were talking to Quan Cosby earlier today, and he he said by their calculations there were over 20 missed tackles in the football
18: game. I mean, if you told me it was 50, I would be like, well, okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, um, like I said, I mean, it's it's the way that they were missing tackles. I mean, you know, uh, Sir Roderick Thompson's 75-yard touchdown run, that should not have happened, right? It, he was bottled up for what looked like about a, a one- or two-yard loss, and then he just squirts loose out the, out the the out the right side, and then he's out the gate. So, I mean, that right there, that's a, that's a free touchdown that they just gave Texas Tech. And, and um, that's what made the, the comeback so even more crazy. They had to dig out of that hole. But if you just get the guy down, you know, then it's just a random play that no one ever thinks about.
0: TCU is 6-2 uh, and two against Texas since joining the Big 12. What is it about this matchup that has given the, the Longhorns fits over the years?
18: Well, I think a big part of it is Gary Patterson. You know, I mean, he he, he gets his guys uh, schemed up, coached up, you know, correctly. Um, you know, he, he he pulls the he he plays the you know oh little old TCU card. You know, every, every time they play Texas, and it's worked. I mean, there are, there have been some of these games have been uh, epic blowouts. Like you know, I think it was 2015. I think it was uh, that game was over before the end of the first quarter. And then there's been games that were just steady, grinding, uh, methodical blowouts. You know, like especially like the last time they went to Fort Worth. You know that that's that was. I mean, I don't know. It's I think it's I really do think it's the defense. They they just find ways to bottle you up, um, you know, and just frustrate the heck out of you. I mean, even Tom Herman said this week. He said Tom Herman said they don't do anything really special. It's just. It's a matter of can we line up and compete against these guys. That's 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 the main key.
9: I realize it's a small sample size, but you know all we heard uh, leading into into the season was it was a top heavy league, and you know n- now you look around. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to think about the conference. It, it, what, what, how would you evaluate the league after uh, as we head into this weekend?
18: How about Ivy League? I mean, you know, I don't know. I really thought that Oklahoma was, was going to be really solid, but it turns out their defense is just as bad as anyone else's, right? Um, you know, I, I, I did not get to see any of Baylor's first game, so I don't, I don't know what to make of them yet. Um, you know, Iowa State has been kind of stunning uh, as to how they've been so down and up. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I think. I think. I feel like we'll know more, you know, once we get sort of at the halfway mark. I mean, obviously, I think five games in, everybody should still have a chance, right? Assuming you're not, you know, zero and five or whatever. But if, five games in, in a in a ten game season, where it's all conference play, everybody should should still have a shot at making the championship game. I would think, right? I would think, unless you unless you just got awful, and so, you know. Let me know, as I always say, let me know after the Oklahoma game, at least when it comes to Texas' standpoint, where things are, and uh you know, then then you can figure it out from there.
0: How is Sam Ellinger health wise? I mean, I know he plays a physical style of football, but notice, you know, was a little banged up last week. Is is he a hundred percent as they head into tomorrow?
18: I mean, I, I mean I hear whispers about some sort of uh, bruised bruised knee issue, but you know, what I have come to learn uh, is that uh, stuff always gets made more of than what it really is. Um, so, I, I mean, he's going to play. You know, I'm, I'm to the point now when it comes to, you know, message board rumors that, look, are these guys playing or not, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, and if he is, then I don't really care. So, um, you know, the, to me, from, the, from an injury standpoint, the biggest injury update of the whole week, well, number one is Jake Smith is going to play this week. But number two is, John Robinson is still alive after you know basically getting turned into a Swiss Army knife there, uh, with his head going north and his body going south. I mean that was an incredible play. But you know he he was uh, was put back to work this week and he's supposed to be. Uh, I don't I don't know that he'll play if he if he dresses hmm. he'll be available. But I don't know. I would, I would me personally I'd give him the week off.
0: And Sam threw four picks last year against TCU. You talked a little bit about. You know Tom Herman's comments about the Frog's defense and how they don't really do anything special necessarily scheme-wise, but have they commented about just what kind of led to those turnovers and, and how they're going to try to correct it this this Saturday?
18: I mean, you got know, to look at TCU has two; they have two fantastic stakes. That's that's part of it. Um, you know, yeah, that was that was, <clears throat> that was Sam's worst game, no doubt, uh, last year. How much of that was on him? How much of that was on them? I don't know. You know, we'll see. Um, but I think Sam is a completely different player now. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to force throws uh, into into windows that aren't there. Um, you know, is is he above playing a totally clean game? No, no, no. Quarterback is, but but I, I just think that this is a guy now who has a lot of experience under his belt, and and he knows when to take chances and when not to.
0: This is Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman, TCU in Texas tomorrow at 11 a.m. Hey, Brian, we appreciate the time, and, and thanks for uh, hopping on with us.
18: You bet, guys. Appreciate sure. it.
0: There he goes. Brian Davis from the Statesman, and you know, Tom, uh, he talked about it. I don't really know what it is necessarily about. Part of it is that 6-2 that and two record that TCU has against Texas since the Frogs joined the Big 12. Part of it is, I mean, there was a run for three or four years where TCU had some of their best teams ever, and Texas was kind of scuffling around 500. But even last season, that was a game where TC was not favored. It was in Fort Worth, and they just seemed to find a way to kind of get up for that football game. And I know that that's a typical thing in the Big 12. Everybody wants to play well and, and beat Texas. All right, Tom Barfield out at uh, Panther Stadium getting ready for Midway and Austin Westlake which is coming up later tonight on ESPN Central Texas and on Fox Sports Central Texas. Um, we'll hear Temple and Magnolia West as they square off tonight and Temple tries to get to 2-0. and Coming up next, we'll talk with Glenn Stretch-Smith. And I want to talk a little bit about this Cowboys game before we get him on the phone in the next segment. I think this is a crucial game for Dallas. Now, they're sitting at 1-2, and two and listen, the NFC East is not very good. We can all agree on that. The Eagles were able to scratch out a tie against Cincinnati. Um, Washington has really struggled through a couple of weeks. The Giants look like a mess. They had a game against the San Francisco team last Sunday. That was missing Jimmy Garoppolo and the list goes on of, of important players for the 49ers and they just get absolutely blown out of the water by San Francisco. But there's a huge difference between being one and three and two and two. And I, I just think Dallas has a chance. They got a couple home games here as we start the month of October to really separate themselves from the, rest of the conference, from the rest of the division. And this is going to be a tough game for them because there's some matchup problems. Miles Garrett's a really good pass rusher. Tyron Smith, we'll see if he gets back. We don't really know. You know, is Brandon Knight going to play the other tackle spot? Or are they going to try to kick Zach Martin out there and do what they did last week and have this sort of patchwork offensive line? But this is a huge game for the Cowboys as they get ready to take on a Browns team that looks improved. I mean, Kevin Stefanski is, is trying to do something different. He's trying to get this running game going for Cleveland. He's trying to take some pressure off Baker Mayfield. He's moving the pocket. He's rolling him out. He's letting him throw to the tight ends. They're playing a lot of two tight end sets. They're trying to play power football. This is what he did with Kirk cousins in Minnesota. He took some of the pressure off of them. He, he moved the pocket around. He, used more high percentage throws to try to get him going. And it worked well. I mean, the Vikings went a couple rounds deep in the playoffs. So Dallas has to find a way to step up and win. They look better. I think they look better under Mike McCarthy. I think this offense has shown that they can really hum when they're not turning the ball over. They've given the ball up way too much, but when they actually hold on to it and and Dak doesn't throw picks, they've been able to move the ball through the passing game. They can lean on their running game when they have to but they're still one and two and there's still an onside kick away from being zero and three. And you have to find a way to stop beating yourself and close out these games and remain at 500. And even in a division that looks really weak. And yeah, if you go one and three, it's not the end of the world. You can pull yourself out of it, but they could really start to pad that lead in the NFC East. If they could find a way to win what's kind of a tricky game at home against Cleveland, Cleveland's better, but this is still a game where Dallas has to take care of business and get things done. This is Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. We'll talk to Glenn Stretch-Smith next, and then the 5 o'clock hour, we'll go pretty heavy on the high school football as we get you ready for Midway and Austin-Westlake. This is ESPN Central Texas. This
19: high school football coaches show with China Spring coach Brian Bell, brought to you by Benchmark Mortgage, Kristen Clements, Camille Johnson Real Estate, and Triple S Sports. Coach, I
0: guess, first of all, just how does it feel to... Uh to get back in action on Friday night and get you guys back
20: on the field. Uh, no, yeah, it was, it was finally uh, finally fun to play football on a Friday night again, just taking that week off. I was interested to see how our kids would respond, and uh, they responded well and uh, played with a lot of effort, and uh, we're excited to get back at it again this Friday night.
0: We talked uh, last week about just the challenge, Mahia kind of changing their offense up with a new head coach. It looks like your defense played well. Were you proud of, of how they played disciplined and played their
20: responsibilities? Oh, without question, you know, slot teams have to go against, uh, especially against Mahea when they have athletes, and they have their own version of the slot team that they do some certain things out of, and uh, it's hard to defend, and our kids, uh, they came in at halftime, we had some adjustments we needed to make, and they came out and made them and, and, and adjusted accordingly, so I was, I was excited to see them uh, respond well to that challenge.
0: As you uh, turn the page now and, and focus on district play, what's going to... You know, challenge your group with, with Gerald this week, and how much of a kind of mindset shift is it with uh, the season getting later and the games getting more important?
20: Uh, without question, you know, we got to uh, go ahead. And, I mean, our, our record is 0-0 zero and zero again, and that's kind of how you have to look at it. It's the second part of the season. Um, their record zero and 0 and so we kind of have to reestablish um, who we are again as district play continues. So um, we're looking to go out and just try to go 1-0 this week. That's our mindset every week. And um, Gerald's a tough ball team, and we're, we're just trying to get out there and put our best foot forward.
8: ESPN Central Texas.
21: Ah. Triple S Sports is your one stop shop for all baseball and softball gear. They have the latest bats, gloves, balls, and equipment from the names you know and trust. Rawlings, Louisville Slugger, DeMarini, Wilson, Easton, Mizuno, Under Armour, and New Balance. Play ball. Triple S Sports can also take care of your team uniform needs with their large selection of the latest sublimated apparel and custom caps. Ask about team, league, and school special discounts. Stop by their warehouse in Waco or visit them
3: at triplesports.com. You're out.
21: Yes.
10: Connect, host, work, and play with the Baylor Club. Enjoy an upscale environment featuring chef-driven cuisine and space to watch all the action. Discover a private club inside McLean Stadium with all the amenities you've been missing, including complimentary breakfast Monday through Friday, a la carte dining for lunch and dinner, and events for all interests. Members are raving about the wide-open spaces and comfortable atmosphere. Contact April or Stephanie at 254-710-8080 to make the Baylor Club your home away from home today.
8: Center.
16: I'm Garrett Ross with ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com. The Midway Panthers open the season at home tonight against defending state champs Austin Westlake and Coach Jeff Hume talks about his relationship with Coach Dodge and how this game will make the Panthers better.
22: Yeah, you know Coach Dodge and I, you know, we know each other from back in our days when we uh, were both up in the Metroplex and, and you know, they, he does a great job at Westlake just like he's done a great job everywhere he's been and I think, you know, our programs will benefit from playing each other. It's a game where it's going to make him better it's also going to make us better you know we're playing the number three or four team in the state of texas and they won it last year and so you know you don't get much better competition than that especially in the district we're in this game's going to be a big game for us whether we win lose or whatever you know it's a game where we got to get better we got to show improvement so we can get better for when district rolls around
8: sports center every 20 minutes only on espn central texas
0: Well, welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Stephen Simcox here with you. Tom Barfield is live at Panther Stadium. He's alongside me today. And a special treat. We're making Glenn Stretch Smith work overtime today. He's typically on from 10 to noon on game time. And he is our Cowboys expert, former Cowboys scout, great football mind. Stretch, I was talking in the last segment just about the importance of this game You know, the difference between going two and two and one and three and trying to get a leg up in what looks like a a pretty bad division right now. I want to ask you first, you know, Cleveland seems to be making a shift here to more of a power running game with uh, with Kevin Stefanski and Nick Chubb. How do you think that Cowboys defense holds up? We've seen the issues in the secondary and I know you've talked about their issues on the interior defensive line. How will they hold up against the team that that's going to try to go right at them in the, in the run game?
17: Well, I, I do think that they'll hold up okay in the run game. I mean, that's the Cowboys' deficiency is, is really been in an inside pass rush. It's it's as an edge edge stop running team. I'm saying they've had issues setting the edge so far, and uh, but but I think that plays a little bit into the Cowboys' hand if they're going to try to just bow up and 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 run at him. i mean run at tank lawrence run at alden smith i mean i i think the cowboys are going to get their issues corrected on the perimeter as far as stopping the run but to me if i'm the cowboys i'm much more concerned about the play action and the opportunity to throw the ball deep to obj jarvis landry and you know getting baker mayfield out where he can do some things with his legs i mean we've seen him at oklahoma and He's not afraid to run the ball. He'll put it under his arm and take off with it. So I think the Cowboys' bigger challenge is to, you know, not give up big chunks. Don't give up big plays. Try to try to keep your offense on the field and not give up, you know, big plays. If teams want to go down the field and take 10-play, 12-play drive, I, I got no problem with that. The problem I have is when, you know, you're letting guys run, you know, scot free through the secondary, you know, running – Max protect and two man routes, and you're in cover four, and you let the guy run the post right behind you. That's a that that's an issue for me, and I hope it's something that Mike Nolan and Jim Tom Sula, you know, the defensive staff of the Cowboys, can get correct.
9: Stretch, we uh, we were talking earlier today on our program uh, about the importance of this game, and I and I, you know we're early in the year, but still, you're 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 in a position where you're at home, you're playing a team that quite frankly frankly you should beat and in, in in my mind and i think you'd agreed that this is this is they are
17: kind of in a must win mode right here yeah you can't lose this game i mean you can this is a game that when you look at it in the beginning of the year and and then the cowboys had it you know i mean that's a tough three game set when you look at it i don't care that atlanta's 0 and 3 they shouldn't be 0 and 3 they 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 very well could be 3 and 0 we know, Seattle, we know Seattle, and we know what the Rams can do. This is a game that you pointed to, and you said, "Okay, the Cowboys should win this game at home against a, a, a very average Browns football team." I look for the Cowboys' offense to hit its stride, and I'm talking about hit its stride early. I don't, I don't want to see them go out kind of the way they've done these first three, you know, three games, to kind of flop around the first quarter and a half before they hit their stride. I mean, Dallas is the strength of the Cowboys right now is where they're at offensively because you, if you want to load up, stop the run with Zeke, that's fine. They've got the speed to go by you. You want to lay back and play coverage, they need to hammer you with that back, and that's exactly what I think Dallas is going to do. They're going to, they're going to really try to go and assault Cleveland offensively. This is a game where I could see the Cowboys again hanging 30, 35 points and then hoping that their defense can start to make some strides, especially in the secondary. But, There's no question, Tom. I mean, this is a big game early in the season for the Cowboys. It'll establish them as the, as a team to beat in the NFC East. And then they've got some winnable games from, from here. I mean, they're going to play a tough Kyler Murray team, but you've got winnable games coming up on the schedule. And this is where the Cowboys need to start making some hay right here uh, against the Cleveland team that they should handle.
0: Talking with Glenn stretch Smith. You can catch on game time Monday through Friday from 10 to noon. Uh, former Cowboys scout NFL expert and and stretch, you know, I do the show with Ward White from noon to three and Ward is an old school football coach. And I think his dream is that everybody in the NFL would just run the veer and just run downhill on everyone. So he is always yelling and, and screaming about Kellen Moore, throwing the ball too much. And you just broke down how versatile this Cowboys offense can be. How would you assess the job that, that Kellen's done over the first couple of weeks? I know, they're they're throwing the ball a lot, but is that just a factor of, of kind of what the matchup is dictated and what these teams have been giving them early on?
17: Well, I, I, last week there's no question. I mean, I mean they were not they being Seattle were not going to let you beat them running the football. They were not going to they were not going to let Zeke Elliott beat them. It was just that simple. They they had an eight man box. They covered both guards in the center, which is it's a bare look. And then they brought the safety down. You, you, you're, you're outnumbered in the box when you do that. And NFL teams, if they want to make you one-dimensional, they can absolutely make you one-dimensional. Now, I understand what Ward's saying, too. I mean, I got that old-style football coach in me. I mean, I, you know, my, my, my first real job was at Oklahoma. We ran the wishbone through it about three times a game. I mean, we were red-ass blocking Cutting guys like Borden, House, Pie, and getting outside and riding and deciding and pitching the football, and I, I love, I love all that too. But the bottom line is, today's NFL, with the way uh, safeties are, with the size that the safeties are, they can make you one-dimensional, and that's what you saw Ken Norton do. Now then, do I think he did a horrible job of, of of how they leverage their corners in that football game? I do. And then you asked me about Kellen Moore, and I think he took advantage of that. They threw you know, back through for 472 yards and probably left 50 to 60 on the field. So there's an opportunity there to, to you know, to, to have a 500-yard passing day. And, and if that's what defenses are going to let you do, that's what the Cowboys are going to have to do. But I do think you have to impose your will at times. And when I was with the Cowboys, we, we would run into an eight-man box all the time. Everybody's going to say, well, you had a, Hall of Fame quarterback, he had a Hall of Fame running back, he had a great fullback, he had a great tight end, the great wall of Dallas. Yeah, but we ran into an eight-man front, and Dallas at times is going to have to impose their will, and Zeke can do that. He can punish you, and they should turn him loose and hand him the football and let him hammer it up in there, especially in the fourth quarter when you get into physical situations where you've got to go win the football game. You've got to get a critical first down. You need to get in. You know, you need to keep the chains moving in those situations. You need to keep a deficient defense off the field. That's what they paid Zeke for. That's why they made Dak the franchise quarterback. Go assault people and get after them.
9: Is there a magic number? Is there a magic number of how many touches Zeke should have in a game?
17: Well, I mean, you have to think that Tom. You got You know, he needs to. He needs to be handed the ball. You know, probably twenty times a game. You need to get him on the perimeter and throw him some screens. And you need to get the ball in his hands. He is a he is a punishing runner. He can take it the distance. And anytime you go into a football game, you should think: Hey, number one, I've got to get him his touches. I got to get Amari Cooper his touches. I got to get it to C.D. Lamb. I've got to take some shots to Gallup. We got a tight end that's starting to develop and Schultz. So they, they, there's plenty of weapons and there's plenty of opportunity to go around. But I, yes, I, I, I think you've got to feed him. Uh, I mean, that, that what he gets up and does every time he makes a first down, he wants to be fed. I, I'd i keep handing it to him.
0: I want to be fed too, stretch, but kind of in a different way. I'm, I'm good at eating, um, it, you know, food, not really yardage like Zeke does. <laughs>
17: um, what? What? All right. All right. hell where you want to go eat? I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I, it's on me where you want to go. I'll meet you there.
0: I want to ask you about this offensive line. So Tyron Smith, I mean, how optimistic are, are you that he could play? And I know they, they kicked Zach Martin out to the outside, and it seemed like that stabilized things a little bit last week. Do you envision them doing that again, or, or do you think they just roll with uh, with one of those swing tackles and, and keep him where he's at?
17: Well, I think Tyron, is, he is going to play. I, I, I like the job that the Wisconsin, the Yadish I like what he did inside. That moved Looney to guard, and that and that and like you said, that moved Zach out of the tackle. I think that's a very that that creates a very good offensive line for the Cowboys. Uh, you got Looney in there that can help Biadas if you know in, in the read and recognition. If they if they have a problem sliding the line or turning the line one way, uh, even though he's a young guy, uh, but but I hear he's a very smart player. So I, I think the Cowboys will go into this game playing starting Martin at tackle, uh, Looney at right guard, Beatis and then Connor Williams, and then. Tyron Smith. Now all of a sudden that comes a very formidable that becomes a very formidable offensive line and, and something that Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy can you know can do some things with. And when I say that, I'm talking about when you're running the ball and then you're able to boot and waggle with that big offensive line, you're allowing your speed guys to get down the field and allowing some protection for Dak. Those are the home run shots that the Cowboys need to take. And that's what they need to do. They need to, they need to hit more home runs and bite off more big chunks at the same time, continue to feed Zeke and, and, and let him punish them on the inside. Visiting with, uh, my partner
9: in crime on the morning or on the, uh, mid morning program game time every weekday, 10 to noon right here on ESPN central Texas. And, and, uh, not only are the Cowboys in action on Sunday, but uh, the Texans. Let's let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the Houston Texans' uh, stretch. Uh, this this boy, that's a program that uh, you, you scratch your head when you look at what they're doing.
17: Yeah, and and, and how they're doing it. That, that that's the thing too. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the O'Brien wanted to be the the GM. He, he you know he pretty much pushed Rick Smith out the door. And they brought in Brian Gain, who was here with the Cowboys. I don't even know that he made it a year. You look at some of the personnel moves they've they've made, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, getting rid of the left tackle Brown, who's really turned into a staple at Seattle, uh, trading for Laramie Tunsil, and Tunsil's a good player. But uh, you know, the the Texans defensively, they're, they're they're a little bit of a mess too. Uh, like you know, Romeo Cornell's kind of gone up taking more of an upstairs role, and they they've promoted from within. and you know Bill O'Brien's been a big promote from within guy. He wants his guys around, but unfortunately right now, that's not a that, that's not an offense that's very good, an offensive line that's very good. I mean, they're, they're not running the football at all. I mean, they've got a franchise quarterback, they got cooks, they got stills, they've got some got fuller. They've got some guys that can run outside they can't protect, nor can they run the ball very well. So the Texans are, that's a football team that's that's a mess. And I think really they're a mess on both sides of the the ball, not only with their offensive line, but defensively. Cowboys deficiencies, you know, have have been on one side of the ball. But the Texans, I I can't put my finger on why Bill O'Brien has not been able to, to, to do a better job with the talent that he's had, uh, he's, you know, he got rid of, I mean, he's gotten rid of guys, he got, you know, he got rid of Clowney. who was the number one pick. I mean, just made some very questionable personnel moves
13: and I, and, and that
17: hurts that football team. And so um, they, they need to get on a little bit of a run too. And that, uh, you know, that's a division that they can get on a run and start winning some games because their quarterback can do so many things with his feet. He can extend plays, and push the ball down the field, and they've got the speed to go get it. Uh, I'm scratching my head, too, at why the Texans are playing so poorly right now and have gotten off to such a poor start. Quite frankly, a a little bit like the Cowboys. I mean, if there's two teams that I could point to in the NFL that absolutely needed preseason, it's the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans. Both of those teams needed preseason football. And all you got to do is look at their records and look at their first three games to be able to recognize, boy, did they miss preseason.
0: Staying with that Texans topic, a, a guy that they were rumored to, they were going to you know, bring him in and, and take a look at him was Earl Thomas. And Stretch, what does it tell you when a guy like Earl, who who has a resume, I mean, has some championship pedigree, just can't get on, just can't get a job anywhere and is really not even getting looks from from teams across the league right now? Well,
17: I went back and we talked about this on the show too. I went back and looked at a few games last year of Earl. and You know, Earl initially was a very, um, you know, he's always been a very physical player, but he had Tim Chancellor back there with him. He kind of had somebody that would correct and be able to correct some of his, uh, some of his mistakes, Earl's a gambler. He, he, when he plays, he'll make a big play here or there, but he'll also get beat a bunch. And, and so he gambles a lot in in, in in guessing and trying to read and recognize jump routes and do some of those things. You combine that with the fact that it's not going to be cheap to bring him in. And then I think the, the, the glaring issue with him right now is, is he's, you know, he, the, the word is he's a little bit of a locker room lawyer. And when you've got teams that that don't have uh, a real great leadership already in the locker room, whether that be the Texans, the Cowboys, uh, you know, or, or you don't want to disrupt what you have in the locker room right now, the, the the risk reward becomes too high to bring a guy like like uh, like you know Earl Thomas in. And I think that's what you're seeing, and that's why he's you know that's why he's on the streets right now. People don't want to take that. They don't want to take that risk of bringing a guy in. It's not good in the locker room that may, you know, may, may jump or try to jump a coverage, get beat over the top, cause you a loss, and then it, you know, it, it kind of goes downhill from there. So I think there's a reason that he's out there, and that's that, that would be my guess of what I saw watching him last year and then what I hear around the league as far as, you know, issues he's having in the locker room.
0: Chatting with uh, Glenn Stretch-Smith. He's on game time from 10 to noon Monday through Friday with Tom Barfield and Garrett Ross. One more Cowboys question for you, Stretch. Uh, I've just been amazed. I know Alden Smith was an incredible pass rusher, you know, when he was playing in the league consistently. But four years out of football and and just coming in and leading the league in sacks right now, what do you see from him when you turn on the tape? And, I mean, just how, I guess, astounded are you that he's been able to uh, pick up basically right where he left off through the first couple games of the season?
17: Yeah, he's very comfortable in this defense, and I say that because, you know, this defense requires you to sometimes get in a two-point, sometimes you get your hand in the ground and rush. He's the right build. He's the right length. Uh, you, you know, he's got something to prove. I think he's put on He's put on probably 25 or 30 pounds, so he's, he's able to create some momentum with a bull rush. Uh, tackles hate that when you bull rush them then you got a counter move off of that and you combine that with the fact that he's long I mean and I'm saying long because he can reach grab you and and, and, and get inside he can he, he's really quick first step initial quickness to be such a big guy and very seldom do you see a guy sit out that long and then and then be able to come right back and play but it tells you what a great athlete he is it's a tribute to you know what he's done is is personality what he's overcome and how he's put himself in a position to go be a heck of a football player again and you know when you look at him again on the tapes guys his his initial step whether he's in a two-point a three-point is very quick and he's a powerful guy I look for him to have a big year and continue to, to to get better as the season goes on I mean he's a guy who absolutely hit the ground running was not afraid to you know, go right in there and, and, and start making some plays. He, he's the lone bright spot on the Cowboys defense so far this year.
0: That's Glenn stretch Smith from game time. You can hear him from 10 AM to noon, Monday through Friday and uh, stretch Tom and Garrett will have plenty of Cowboys reaction Monday, regardless of result. It's, it's the best thing to tune into uh, the Monday after a Cowboys game, because stretch, it just has insider knowledge um, and, and sees things that we don't stretch. Hey, we appreciate you hopping on the show.
17: Hey, guys, have a blessed weekend. Appreciate
0: it. There you go. Glenn Stretch Smith getting you ready for Cowboys. Browns, you can hear that Sunday afternoon broadcast starts at 11 o'clock right here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Todd Dodge, head coach of Austin Westlake, and we'll get you ready for the high school action that's coming up this weekend on ESPN Central Texas.
23: We're ready for some football, baby. This is Dallas Cowboys
19: football, football. 2020. The onside kick, Zerline, dribbles it to the left, hadn't gone
7: 10 yards. Only heard here. He scrambled
12: for it as it has gone
7: 10 yards. All season. The Cowboys
10: think that they got it. I think they did. And the Cowboys have the football.
14: Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns. Live from AT&T
7: Stadium on ESPN Central Texas. Cowboy station.
6: Hi, this is Travis with Texas Trust Home Buyers, and I buy houses cash. Call me today at 870-8645. I'll buy your house for cash and pay you cash up front. I buy houses in any price range and any location in Waco and Central Texas. Do you own a house that needs thousands of dollars in repair? Great, because I love buying fix-up houses. Do you have a tenant living in your property? Not a problem, I'll buy your house with a tenant in it. Do you think your property will be difficult to sell? Easy, we provide assistance for any situation. If you need cash for your house, call me today at 870-8645. That's 870-8645. Or check me out at texastrusthomebuyers.com. That's texastrusthomebuyers.com. Remember, if you need cash fast, I'll pay you cash up front. Call me today at 870-8645. 870-8645. That's 870-8645. Or online at texastrusthomebuyers.com. That's texastrusthomebuyers.com. Travis is a licensed real estate broker in the state of Texas.
13: Do you wake up each morning with chronic joint pain or go to sleep at night with the aches and pains of a recent or old sports injury? Meet Dr. Lance Ellis, a board-certified orthopedic surgeon with Coriel Health that specializes in orthopedic spine surgery, minimally invasive treatments for bone and joint pain, hip replacement, and joint reconstruction. To learn more about Dr. Ellis' personalized treatment plans or to schedule an appointment, visit CorielHealth.org. Coriel Health, where you always feel at home.
1: You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number. So, why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank, and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Matt Mosley.
12: Matt Mosley's show is Stephen Simcox. Have you thought about buying your first home and you weren't sure where to start or if you qualify. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years and they're ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score, NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus they make sure you know just what to look for in selecting the perfect home for you and your family. Call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so you can access your programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. Plus, NeighborWorks Waco supports Coach Dave Aranda and
14: Baylor athletics all the way. em Bears. All Texans need an approved form of ID to vote. Before going to the polls, visit VoteTexas.gov to check if you have one of the seven approved photo IDs, like a Texas driver license. The full list can be found at VoteTexas.gov. You can also find what to do if you do not possess and cannot reasonably obtain one. Visit VoteTexas.gov or call 1-800-252-VOTE. That's 1-800-252-8683. Sponsored by the Texas Secretary of State.
8: K R Z I Waco, K two 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 D C Waco.
3: Station is now the ultimate power in the universe. K
8: two six five D V Temple. This is ESPN Central Texas.
0: The five o'clock hour of the Matt Mosley Show is brought to you by Coriel Health Medical Clinic. Coriel Health, where you always feel at home. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley show. Steven Simcox here with you. Tom Barfield with me as well. Tom will come alongside be here in a few minutes and talk some more high school football as we inch closer to uh, kickoff on Friday night, but wanted to let you hear this. Here's uh, Austin Westlake head coach, Todd Dodge. He was on game time with Tom stretch and Garrett on uh, earlier this week as they prepare to take on midway tonight
9: you have a dandy in your fold right now as, as your starting quarterback in in club Nick.
24: Um, is a guy that we, uh, that we played a bunch as a sophomore on our state championship team last year. Um, uh, it was a, uh, an interesting year. I, w- I wasn't ready to uh, name a starter on, uh, on week one. And so we kept playing, we played three guys for the first six or seven weeks. And, uh, literally just every two series and <laughs> that usually doesn't work out and i'm not a huge fan of it but it did for us and uh but what it did is allowed me to get some real quality uh experience for a sophomore and uh so you know we've got you know kind of the equivalent of a returning starter you know coming back
9: what are some of the intangibles that he brings to to the football team
24: well you know he's just really uh so versatile um as an athlete um very, very athletic guy that's a, that's a passer first, uh, which I like about, you know you, you know, you use the word dual threat. Um, but he is definitely a guy that, uh, that works his craft as a passer. Uh, he's, a, he's been an outstanding track guy for, for a while. He's still a young athlete, but you know, he's a, you know, he's a quarter miler, 200 meter kind of guy, triple jumper. So he's pretty twitchy. Um, and you know, when you, I like him because when you game plan, there's not a whole lot you can say. Well, I can't do that or I can't do this, you know, uh, because of his athleticism.
16: Coach, regardless of the fact that y'all are defending state champions, do y'all play with a target on your back every game just for the simple fact of the legacy surrounding Westlake?
24: I think so, and I, you know, and uh, been at places like that before, um, and, and and I. I really encourage our players to understand that, to never be naive uh, that that, that's not going to happen. I think that kind of gives us an extra uh, layer of focus uh, from the standpoint of we don't ever want to get ambushed because we got full of ourselves or we think we've arrived, you know, because there's a lot of that word used uh, defending state champs and the reigning state champs. Well, I try to uh, remind our players all the time, we're entitled to nothing. You know, uh, yes, uh, a lot of us were a part of a state championship team, but this is the 2020 team, and we've got to go make our own deal um, as we go through the year.
9: Talking with Todd Dodge, the head coach of the Chaparrales, Austin Wesley coming to town to take on the Midway Panthers uh, this Friday night. Coach, in in a year that is just bizarre to say, I guess is the only way to, to describe it. What was it like for you and your staff and your football team to watch some of the smaller classifications, 1A through 4A, get started and, in fact, get to basically almost midseason before you were able to get on the football field?
24: I watched as much as I could, I'll be honest with you. Um, I actually have been very tempted to go catch a game, you know, on a Friday night. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm asking my kids to stay away from a uh, crowded areas, So I needed to also. But, I mean, everything I could get on TV, uh, you know, here in the Austin area, that there's a game of the week, you know. And uh, so I, I've been watching as much as I can. I think I'm just like anybody else. I'm a, I'm a tremendous fan of the game of football. And I, it also helped for all of us, you know. We, we kind of see the, the protocols and what it looks like in the COVID era. You know, on the sideline and what other people are doing. You know, prior to us playing, some some things you go, man, that's a great idea, or maybe uh, maybe I, I don't think I'd do that. You know, kind of stuff.
16: What did you take away from y'all's first game with uh, Church Clemens?
24: Well, I took away that I've got a team that absolutely loves the game of football. So far, I, that's one the one thing I know about them. Um, they were. It was the third. Uh, opening opponent that we had we started out we were going to open up with my son's team mm-hmm. <laughs> uh like carroll uh in the kickoff classic deal then it was highland park and then it was church clemens so our kids just never i mean it, the whole deal was okay that's unfortunate but who's who's next you know <laughs> kind of deal we just want to play football with the attitude and right. uh, i was you know the one thing uh, we played pretty well for a, for a first game in all three phases. We just, you know, we want to maintain. Uh, I want to make sure that they understand that we did some really good things and we can learn from that. But we made a ton of mistakes too. And um, constantly reminding our team to stay hungry, stay humble.
9: One of the things that we were talking about uh, in in preparation for the broadcast is, yeah, your offense has always gotten a lot of accolades, and rightfully so, but man, when you limit your opponent to seven points, you're giving yourself a great opportunity to win.
24: Well, uh, eight years ago, I made uh, probably the best hire that that maybe I've ever made, and I've been fortunate to to have some great assistant coaches, but I was coaching at Marble Falls. uh, I spent five years in college, and I wanted to get back in the high school game, and took the job there. Um, you know, that first year, I mean, we the one thing we could do was move the football on people. You know, we couldn't stop anybody that first year, but we could move the ball on people. We played Leander, young defense coordinator named Tony Salazar. I mean, they just throttled us. You know, I was like, gosh almighty, who is that guy? You know, and uh, so I, I researched him. I needed to make a change as defense coordinator. I researched him and found out who he was and asked him to come over and visit with me and, Next thing you know, i hired him, and we've been together for going on nine years now. And um, I tell you what, he is uh, he is one of the up-and-coming superstars in our profession.
9: Hey, Coach, uh, we're up against the clock, and I know you are too, and I appreciate your time, and I look forward to seeing you on Friday night when you, come, uh, when you bring your team to town to take on the Panthers.
24: I appreciate y'all having me on. Y'all have a great week.
0: That's Todd Dodge, and his team is getting ready for a matchup with Midway tonight at Panther Stadium, and you can hear that right here. On ESPN Central Texas, you're home for Midway Panther football all season long. And I'm joined again by uh, Tom Barfield, who's been rolling alongside me today on the Matt Mosley Show. Tom, I guess just kind of looking back to last week, what stood out to you about Midway and and that kind of controlled scrimmage environment uh, that that you saw last Friday night?
9: Well, from the positive side, I I really like the way that Garrett Childers uh, led the offense and how he threw the football. He had, I think, a 69-yard strike in the football game, to uh, Jarrett Moore for a touchdown, and, and and really conducted the offense and, and led the football team, and making his first uh, his first start after winning the job. So, I really liked what what Garrett Childers was able to do, and and then the one-two punch in the backfield, Jaden Johnson, and Demir McDonough. Uh, you know, there I, I I think most of the time there's it's going to be one or the other, but I think obviously they're going to have some opportunities where they're in the game together to kind of to kind of throw the defense off, so uh, they were able to do some nice things and uh, and you know tr- try to build some cohesiveness uh, within that offensive unit. But it started with uh, Garrett Childers and what he was able to do as the starting quarterback. And Speak- and speaking of starting quarterbacks, uh, Cade Klubnick from uh, from Austin's Westlake High School. Now that he he's he's having a He's having a good run. I think he got another offer today. Uh, Garrett was telling us, and so this this guy's had to, he's got a lot of opportunities to uh, to go to the next level and play at the next level. And you know, in their win over Clements, he was 15 of 20 for 167 yards, and he also ran it to eight more times, averaging nine yards a carry. He can fly.
0: And we were talking about um, just this matchup in general earlier in the show, and how Coach Hume was never afraid to. schedule somebody and it's no surprise that Westlake has a great quarterback as you just detailed (laughs) there but what do you think coach is looking for I mean obviously you want to win every game you play they're going to go out there and compete and and try to win but what is he looking for as they kind of kick off non-district play tonight
9: well particularly for some of the younger guys that don't have the varsity experience he wants them to understand what this is about he wants them to understand what Friday night looks like with the speed of the game and and uh, in, in the high caliber of competition, Westlake will present that high caliber of competition. Defending state champions, number three or four in the state, depending on who you're who you're reading. And uh, you know that's what you're going to see Friday night in and Friday night out when you get into district play. When you're playing the likes of Duncanville and DeSoto and and Cedar Hill and all those guys, I mean you're going to play high caliber competition. So why not play it in nine districts so uh, so everybody can see exactly what it looks like.
0: That's right and man it, it's crazy that we're that we're just now getting to this point uh, we've we talked with coach Hume and even coach Stewart the past few weeks about how this long layoff kind of affected them um, did you see I mean did you see a noticeable difference Tom in a, in a week one last week as to oppose to what you would if they started in a typical like late August situation?
9: You know, I, I, in that controlled scrimmage or exhibition game, not really. And and I gotta believe, uh, Stephen, that Midway has got to be one of the. Has, <laughs> this is as late as a start as you can imagine. I mean, so I, most everybody got going. There are some that are starting tonight, but. Not many. I mean, and most everybody's at least got one in, and, and for our one A's through four A's, they're reaching the halfway point. And Midway's playing officially its first football game tonight, so it, it'll be interesting how everything goes. One thing that he did talk about, Jeff Hume talked about, was you know is when guys are not in the football game and how they respond so it's fourth down and the punting unit uh, goes on the field and you look up and there's only 10 guys where's the 11th guy well he's over on the sideline visiting and didn't even realize it was you know so they have some they had some of that that they had to try to get cleaned up and and again it's guys that uh, you that they're making their first varsity appearance and the you know things go so, it's it's almost Organized chaos on the sideline, and sometimes it can be chaotic on the sideline, as you guys know. So you better be locked in and focused if if you're one of those guys in uniform. And I think that was one of the challenges that that uh, Jeff and the staff faced last week that he hopes to get cleaned up this week.
0: Yeah, that's true. It, it's always an adventure, kind of in week one when you're still trying to figure things out and get things going. Uh, Steven Simcox, Tom Barfield here with you on the Matt Mosley Show. ESPN Central Texas I'll tell you what we'll do next I, I spoke with Curtis Quillen from KCN right off the top of the show we'll uh, we'll come back with that we'll have some of that we'll run down some of the area matchups and then uh, Tom and I'll close out the show with some more high school football talk at 540 today Matt's out today uh, but Stephen Simcox and Tom Barfield here with you we'll take a break and be back next on ESPN Central Texas. Nobody has a better selection of light and heavy duty Ram pickup trucks than Cameron Autoplex where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron
2: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm chief meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Looking great for high school football tonight. We'll see clear skies and kickoff temperatures right around 73 degrees. Eventually overnight with clear skies, it'll be very comfortable and cool with lows dropping to 52 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies as we kick off the weekend. Highs top out at 85 and same story on Sunday. Mostly sunny, just as beautiful with a high of 85. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 530 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
4: At Marineland Boating Center, we believe in families, fishing and everyone who enjoys being on the water. That's why Marineland is home to Alumacraft, boats designed and built by generations of fishing enthusiasts for fishing enthusiasts. For over 70 years, Alumacraft has been providing durability and innovation. Whether it's time for water sports or the perfect catch, we've got an Alumacraft model to fit your style and budget. Marineland Boating Center I-35 at Loop 340 South or visit MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. Um... The Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, October 3rd, and Sunday, October
3: 4th at the Harker Heights Event Center off Edwards Drive. The Real Texas Gun Show. Buy, sell, and trade firearms. The vendors are some of the most reputable in the state of Texas. The Real Texas Gun Show. More than just guns, you'll also find preppers, survivalist supplies and equipment, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, and so much more. Head on down to the Real Texas Gun Show, October 3rd, 9 to 5, and October 4th, 10 to 4, at the Harker Heights Event Center. Social distancing and masks required.
16: With more and more employees officing from their homes, how is your business pivoting during this unique time? Let the premier provider of technology in Texas, UBO Business Services, conduct a free business technology assessment for your organization. Our professional analysts will understand your organization's unique document workflow. You will get a 360-degree view of all your document-related expenses, as well as see your employees' challenges and areas in need of improvement. Call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600,
8: ubeo.com.
23: Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz, a combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders for customers on the go. Only in Waco, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, 1412 North Valley Mills Drive and 105
7: Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. The right call can make all the difference on and off the field. Hi, I'm Mark
1: Stewart with Berg Colgen Ford. When it's time for a new car, truck, or SUV, Berg Colgen Ford is the right call. Come check out our award-winning lineup of best-selling models in their class. The number one Mustang, Explorer, Expedition, F-150, and Super Duty. Berg Colgen Ford proudly supports all Central Texas student athletes. Make the right call for your next vehicle at Berg Colgen Ford. Berg Colgen Ford, trusted since 1936.
19: Listen, in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of people moving in from out of state to Waco thanks to Chipper and JoJo. And while we welcome these new citizens, they unfortunately brought some of their bad habits with them. Hi, Jay here from Pickup Outfitters and you know what I'm talking about, naked trucks. You'd think everyone moved here from McNewtville, but we shouldn't judge them, we should help them. For example, when you see a recent transplant truck from a less civilized state like California, instead of saying, your truck is disgusting, your bed is exposed, get a bed cover on that truck, buddy. That's a bit harsh. Instead, try something like, you know, in Texas, it's not polite to drive around with your bed exposed. Maybe you should check out the excellent selection of bed covers that pick up outfitters. And then if they refuse, you can say, well, I hear New Mexico's a nice state. Let's help our new neighbors and let them know that truck nudity is not okay. Let them know about pickup outfitters of Waco and send them to our website, createacommotion.com.
3: Hey Central
21: Texas, this is Julio Castillo, owner and operator of Jack Roofing and Exteriors. Let's talk Roofing for Dummies 101. First, you wanna breathe, second, you wanna seal, and third, you wanna defend. Today we're gonna talk about sealing your roof properly. You wanna seal your roof properly to create a waterproof barrier so you don't have leaks in the future. For more information, check us out online at jacroofs.com or call us directly at 254-732-2872. Here at Jack Roofing and Exteriors, we are making customers happy one roof at a time.
8: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
16: Experience the homemade food and unique atmosphere that everyone is talking about at Fox's Treats and Eats on Highway 84 near McGregor. The Midway Panthers open the season at home tonight against defending state champs Austin Westlake. And Coach Jeff Hume talks about his relationship with Coach Dodge and how this game will make the Panthers better.
22: Yeah, you know, Coach Dodge and I, you know, we know each other from back in our days when we uh, were both up in the Metroplex and, and you know, they, he does a great job at Westlake just like he's done a great job everywhere he's been and I think, you know, our programs will benefit from playing each other. It's a game where it's going to make him better. It's also going to make us better you know we're playing the number three or four team in the state of texas and they won it last year and so you know you don't get much better competition than that especially in the district we're in this game's going to be a big game for us whether we win lose or whatever you know it's a game where we got to get better we got to show improvement so we can get better for when district rolls around
8: sports center every 20 minutes only on espn central texas <laughs>
9: 5.23, 23 minutes after 5 o'clock, welcome back into the Matt Mosley Show, starring Stephen Simcox. I'm Tom Barfield, pinch-hitting for Matt Mosley on this football Friday afternoon, and we are joined on the program by the voice of the Texas Longhorns. We welcome into the program Craig Way. Craig, good afternoon. How are you, my friend?
25: I'm good. It's interesting and good hearing you on in the uh, late afternoon up uh, here on ESPN Central Texas.
9: It, 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 it's certainly different, I can assure you. <laughs> after doing after doing a program earlier today, and I know that you are in route to uh, to the Metroplex to get ready for the uh, the Fox Sports Southwest uh, scoreboard show. Before we talk high school football, Craig, let's talk a little bit about uh, your uh, your your gig tomorrow. You got the the Horns and TCU, and go back and, and just kind of. Kind of to walk us through the Texas Tech thing. Uh, you're down 13-14, and, and it's not looking good. And then, man, all of a sudden, a play here, a play there, an onside kick here, a two-point conversion there, and you're in overtime.
25: It was bizarre, Tom. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, and, and really, you know, when they were up by ten points on four different occasions, and it could have been more, and then all of a sudden it seemed to slip away late third and on into the fourth. And uh, after you know the, the long touchdown run, here it is down 15 with three minutes and 13 seconds to go. But uh, it started really because Texas Tech had a little pooch kick and it gave Texas good field position. And Sam Ellinger never believes he's out of a game. And he marched him down the field pretty quickly. Uh, they, you know, Going into that drive, they only had one timeout left. So that's why we were all saying, you know, if, if Tech had just picked up the first down, and not have the 75-yard touchdown run, they might have been a- able to run out the clock. Don't know for sure, but might have had a decent shot at it. But they took the points, obviously, the 75-yard run. But it did give Texas an opportunity with the ball in their hands. They drive in, didn't even need the timeout, scored the touchdown, and it cut it to eight. But, you know, at that point, you know, uh, with you know just over two minutes to go, they have to have the onside kick recovery. If they don't get it, they're not going to win the game because with only one timeout left, Tech would be able to run out the clock at that point, and I guess with everything else that's happened in 2020, Tom, this is the year of the onside kick that we've seen uh, with the Cowboys doing it. Tech had executed one earlier in the ball game when they had their come from behind situation, and and uh, you know they got an absolutely perfect onside kick from Cameron Dicker. Took that high second hot bounce in the air, they recovered it, and then. Quickly moved it into position, got the touchdown, but had to have the two-point conversion. Got that as well. And then uh, they go to overtime, and, and uh, you know, on a day when it looked like not much was going to go right for them because they lost the opening coin toss, they lost the overtime coin toss. They go back down, get another touchdown, and then uh, a defense that had problems all day long managed to come up with a big stop at the end to win so it was it was bizarre it was it was crazy but then again caden stearns the longhorn safety who ended the game with the interception perhaps put it best after the game tom when he said if 2020 was a football game this was it
9: (laughs) and and that's exactly right you mentioned onside kicks and i'll take it another step this is the year of special teams we've seen we've seen missed extra points we've seen missed two point conversions we've seen uh, we, we we've seen blocked punts we, we've seen two we in the get Baylor game Saturday night not one but two kick returns for touchdowns special teams play has been an adventure for everybody at every level high school through the NFL
25: you know what i think that is and i, I, I you know i think most folks would probably agree no spring practice uh, truncated Often interrupted and rescheduled fall camp workouts, things like special teams that can't get as and draw as much attention as perhaps they need to. And, you know, you think about it, some of the specialty areas go to Major League Baseball. What are all the baseball uh, broadcasters and commentators saying? That base running. This year and in the postseason has been probably the worst it's ever been. Base running. Guys are getting picked off and not stealing properly and all those kinds of things. Those are specialty areas. And I think football is obviously seeing it and feeling it as well.
9: Well, now let's switch gears to tomorrow afternoon when the uh, Longhorns take on TCU, a game that you can hear on our sister station, 104.9 Bob FM. Uh, in, in, we talk about it all the time, and it just drives me nuts, but not only are you in Division One college football, do you have to win games, but sometimes, well, not, not sometimes, but you do. You have to win with style points as well. To me, this is a game at home against TCU coming off of the Texas Tech thing. I think this is a game that Texas needs to win, and in, I in, uh, in, in, almost needs to win convincingly don't they
25: well on the one hand i think you're right and on the other hand given the success that gary patterson has (laughs) had against the longhorns um, uh just a win in itself would be nice you know tcs won six of the eight meetings with texas uh since they've been in the big 12 conference six of the last eight they've been able to win so Uh, They've they've been in and now, you know, uh, under Tom Herman, he's one and two. But nevertheless, TCU has played well against Texas. Coach Patterson, veteran coach. He's had really good defenses. So they've got to find ways to flip the script on that. I think, you know, I was talking about Sam Elliger. Sam would be the first to tell you he might have had his worst game as a collegian last year in the game in Fort Worth. Uh, when he threw the three interceptions. So, it, it, you know, I, I'm sure it's on his list, and there's other guys as well who want to play better than they did a year ago. It is a TCU team that dropped its season opener at home to Iowa State. They're young in the defense, but they're also very talented, and they do have two of the best safeties uh, in the country at best safety. Comment. And, and Max Duggan, to be a sophomore quarterback with a heart condition, came off the bench and kind of rallied him back, and he had a great game as a freshman against Texas last year. So there's definitely marks on, on their call sheet, so to speak, that they've got to make sure to button up if they're going to win the game tomorrow.
9: All right, uh, let's quickly switch gears, talk high school football. I know that uh... – uh, you all always keep a, a, an eye on the Super Syntax, and, and we've got some dandies uh, this evening. Of course, the Battle of the Bell, Rockdale and Cameron. Everybody knows the the, the significance of that football game. Plus, uh, this one right here that uh, that I'll be doing uh, at uh, Panther Stadium is the uh, defending state champion Chaparrales of Austin Westlake come into town to take on the Panthers at Midway. So we got some we got some dandies that are going to be played in the Super Syntax.
25: Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and we do have. Uh, cameras and reporters around and things of nature. I think uh, we've got a reporter uh, at the Cameron Rockdale game. Now, it'd be interesting to see if Rockdale can, uh, you know, kind of right the ship a little bit after the losses that they had to Belleville and also to Lexington. But uh, uh, you know, Cameron, I think is starting to hit its ride, its stride right now. And as for the game you're calling, uh, you know, we, you know, we'll, we'll see if the Panthers are are ready to go and and how they tackle a team. Like Westlake, it's kind of a weird thing. In talking to Todd Dodge, the Chaparral's head coach, they had at one point, at one point, Tom, four different opponents scheduled for their season opener. It was going to be Southlake Carroll. It was going to be father against son, against his son Riley Dodge, who's head coach. That was going to be our Texas football day's kickoff game initially. It was going to be that. Then, of course, uh, when the first shutdown came about, that went by the boards. Then uh, it was going to be Highland Park, and uh, they, they were going to play that game. First, they were going to play it at Highland Park. Then there was some consideration to play it at Jerry World, but they already had the double heads, header set up there. Then they were going to play it at Globe Life Field, where the Arlington ISD is playing home games now, the Rangers' old ballpark. And then they were going to move it back to uh, Highlander, and then Highland Park had a COVID outbreak. In fact, not only could they not play last week, they're not playing this week. So there was that, and he turned it around in 24 hours and found schertz Clemens, a good opponent, but opponent that probably wasn't ready for Westlake. They come out, St. Miners hits them for a 76-yard touchdown run on the first play from scrimmage. They look like they picked up where they left off in the state championship game in, uh, last year against Denton-Geyer, so they go on to win 53-7. So um, you, you'll see a talented, if learning, quarterback in Kate Klubnick, the sophomore, who's, who's pretty solid, and then the same minors, like I said, a tough, hard-running runner, and their defense, despite graduating some players, looks pretty good. So it's a good challenge for the Panthers, no doubt.
9: What else? Uh, what are the, some of the other key matchups across the state of Texas that you guys on Box Sports Southwest will be keeping an eye on?
25: Well, I mentioned the Texas Football Days games that we did last week, and that included Denton Ryan, who's the number one team in the state in 5A Division One, and they throttled the number 10 team in the state in 6A Arlington Martin last week. Well, now they're playing Denton Guyer, crosstown rival, who's the number six team in the state in 6A. Now, now Denton Ryan is full of Division One prospects. They've got two going to the University of Texas and a third, uh, a couple others who uh, have offers. Uh, They're they're going to get a good challenge from Guyer. I think that's one of the big battles Uh, I mentioned. Obviously, we've got uh, people keeping a close eye on uh, Cameron at Rockdale. That'll be that one. That's another one that they're watching. And then, hey. How can you do any better than number one versus number two in 4A division one with apologies to La Vega right now the number or uh, they're in division one in division two you got Carthage against Pleasant Grove tonight so that's gonna be a great m- battle in 4 a division two. So there's, there's some good matchups, no question about it, uh, and we've got people all over the state uh, watching it closely for us.
9: And that all happens tonight on Fox Sports Southwest. What time, uh, what time do we hit the airwaves?
25: Oh, yeah, about the time uh, you settle back into, into the house there, Tom. At 11 o'clock we go uh, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. we got it rolling all the way into the early hours of the morning. So we'll, we'll have all that stuff.
9: All right, it sounds uh, sounds like fun coming up tonight on Fox Sports Southwest, and then again tomorrow afternoon, uh, the uh, tomorrow morning. Quick turnaround for you, isn't it, partner.
25: Uh, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> about that. Yeah, this is one of the ones where you where you where you have the really the rub. Do you, do you go to the hotel, get a few hours sleep, and then get up and drive? or you just turn around and drive it back to the house and uh, get home about 4 a.m. and sleep for a few hours. I think I'll settle for the hotel tonight, but it's but it, it made me think about it anyway. All right. All
22: right.
9: Hey, be, be safe, drive carefully on your way to the Metroplex, and we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon.
25: You bet, Tom. Have a good call tonight.
9: All right, we'll do. That's Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns, and really the voice of uh, the UIL, as he will uh, be on the on. He's on the call for all those state championship games. It's amazing how well that he can put all that together and do five, six, seven games in about a three-day window, and uh, it's just. Uh, but he gets it done. So there you go, and he'll be on the uh, on the television program tonight. All right, it is 5:35, 25 away from six. This is the Matt Mosley Show. Start- even Simcox. We're going to step aside. We're coming back with more in just a moment.
19: This high school football coaches show with Crawford head coach Greg Jacobs is brought to you by Benchmark Mortgage, Crawford Athletic Booster Club, MP Electric, Security Bank of Crawford, TFNB, your bank for life, and Star Tech Propane.
16: Coach, y'all had a bye last week before starting district play. How did you spend your Friday?
17: Well, after uh, after we met with the kids, we had an opportunity to go watch some of our district opponents for the uh, upcoming season. So that was a good, good opportunity to see uh, – see some other teams in action
16: do y'all approach district play different than non-district now that these games determine whether you make the playoffs or not
17: i think we put a little more emphasis on uh on uh, our fundamentals uh we focus more on uh, trying to eliminate as many mistakes as we can obviously because district play is the most important part of the season up to that point so yeah we uh we we put a lot more emphasis on those things uh going into district
16: you host Toler this week. Did you see anything different from the Rattlers on film after their win against Valley Mills on
2: Friday? Yeah,
17: they're much improved over the last three weeks. They're a young team, but uh, they're beginning to put uh, things together, and uh, they're getting better. And so it's going to be a
8: challenge for us. ESPN Central Texas.
10: TFNB your bank for life, supports high school football in Central Texas. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life sign up for our edge checking and savings accounts and earn interest cashback or free digital downloads with five locations managing your money has never been easier and check out the new bear statues at our downtown waco location across i-35 from baylor tfnb your bank for life member fdic
9: cold weather is coming and it's time to fill your propane tanks StarTex Propane provides the best propane service in Central Texas, and they have special pricing and programs for your household needs with their Keep Full program. With the Keep Full program, they periodically check and fill your tank. And of course, service techs show up with masks, gloves, and social distancing. They can also install gas logs for your fireplace, and they carry indoor propane heaters. Check them out at StarTexPropane.com or on Facebook, StarTex Propane.
0: Pausing Lender.
16: Experience the homemade food and unique atmosphere that everyone is talking about at Fox's Treats and Eats on Highway 84 near McGregor. The Midway Panthers open the season at home tonight against defending state champs Austin Westlake. And Coach Jeff Hume talks about his relationship with Coach Dodge and how this game will make the Panthers better.
22: Yeah, you know, Coach Dodge and I, you know, we know each other from back in our days when we uh, were both up in the Metroplex. And, and you know, they, he does a great job at Westlake just like he's done a great job everywhere he's been. And I think, you know, our programs will benefit from playing each other. It's a game where it's going to make him better. It's also going to make us better you know we're playing the number three or four team in the state of texas and they won it last year and so you know you don't get much better competition than that especially in the district we're in this game's going to be a big game for us whether we win lose or whatever you know it's a game where we got to get better we got to show improvement so we can get better for when district rolls around
8: sports center every 20 minutes only on espn central texas Welcome back to the Matt Mosley show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Mosley show. Stephen Simcox here with you. Tom Barfield's been alongside me for most of the day. Matt's out today, but we hope to have him back soon. Coming up next, or actually we'll have about an hour in between the show and high school football, but Midway's going to take on Austin Westlake, and you can hear that. Right here on ESPN Central Texas, Temple taking on Magnolia West. That broadcast starts at 6.30 on Fox Sports Central Texas, and Robinson faces off with Conley at 7 o'clock on 1590 AM 99.3 Kicker FM. Um, but right here, I wanted to uh, – at the start of the show today, I had Curtis Quillen on from KCEN, and we are talking about some of the big high school matchups in the area. So if you missed that, uh, here you go. If you heard it earlier – it's good to revisit some of the uh, big matchups around Central Texas. Here's Curtis Quillen on the Matt Mosley Show earlier today.
8: Welcome to the Matt Mosley Show.
0: I played tennis at Kaufman High School. Yes, that was real to me when we talked to Brad Strickland last week. He told me you uh, you ran into some issues with Highland Park. They had better, a, a more diverse racket situation than you did.
12: <laughs> Might be about the
0: only diversity at Highland Park.
12: Brad Strickland.
0: Really, nothing for that one? That was pretty good.
12: What? I know, but what was I. I'm just trying to remember. Okay. I'm just trying to remember when I said that. Brad. Okay.
0: Brad it Shelton, was. I'm sorry. Okay. I <laughs> threw that whole <laughs> thing off.
12: <laughs> I wanted to go with you, and I just couldn't. Hair check I that one. <laughs> I just didn't know what the world you were talking about.
8: The 3 o'clock hour of the Matt Mosley Show is brought to you by CNC Collision Center. This is the Matt Mosley Show. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
0: Steven Simcox here with you. Matt's out today on a Friday, but we'll still have some fun. And right off the top, we're joined by Curtis Quillen from KCEN. Curtis is a high school football guy. He covers it really well for uh, Channel 6 and and happy to have him with us. And Curtis, first off, I know you were out at... uh, Colleen Pflugerville-Hendrickson last, na- last night, and the Roos fall to Flugerville hendrickson 24-17. to But Colleen was able to stay in that game. Um, what stood out to you fr- from that matchup last night?
1: I think it's the coaching that stood out last night, and I think you give me too much credit, too. I'm a high school <laughs> football nerd, I guess is how I would put it. Um, I, th- I think it was the coaching, and I say that to follow it up with this. You know, Colleen only had 36 yards of total offense at halftime, comes back makes it a game comes back from down 14 nothing it's 17 it's 1710 then it's 24 10 then it's 24 17 and Colleen's driving to tie it with less than a minute to play so I think a lot of what stood out was the adjustments the ruse can make and you know Neil Searcy said on our air before the game that the biggest key to that game for them was going to be starting fast and they didn't start fast enough and that's kind of what did the in and he was right um, they started as about as fast as you could against georgetown eastview uh friday night last week and it, and it worked well they'll have to start fast against an improved waco high team next week but um i think they're i think that they're going to be fine in contending for a playoff spot in that district that's the uh that was a solid effort there in the second half but they can't have many first halves like what they had last night
0: and you're going to be out tonight. KC and Curtis always hits a couple different games. And one of the games is going to be out is Bartlett and Milano. I know, uh, Curtis, you were at a Bartlett game a couple weeks ago. I believe it was a Thursday night, and they snapped a long losing streak. It's been kind of a struggle for them the last few weeks. Milano has one win as well. What do you expect uh, in that game this evening? I really want
1: to see who's going to have the bigger defensive struggle. And for I think for the, the key for this game for Bartlett is exploiting the challenges that the offense can uh, bring to any defense. And a lot of that, I mean, Brian Cosma was the offensive coordinator at Liberty Hill when the Panthers lost to La Vega in the state title game. Liberty Hill, of course, runs a kind of a – they've got a slot-men team mentality where they kind of combine it with a little bit of spread principle, and that's what he's trying to build there in Bartlett. And given the problems that Milano has had with teams like Thorndale and teams like Marlin and you know, this game could this game could be a real confidence booster. I believe it's Bartlett's district opener. And that could be a really I mean, you get a win under your belt in district play and all of a sudden that's that confidence starts building as you go back through as you keep going through district to district which includes uh, Burton, which even if Burton is down, which Burton is down this year, that's still a team that I wouldn't want on my schedule. Um, I think that's a pretty good confidence booster for Bartlett if you can come out and open district play with a win on the road. And for Milano, I think the key is stopping the Bartlett offense and getting some scores. Milano's had problems getting in on the scoreboard. You know, they got shut out a couple weeks ago against uh, against Marlin. Yeah, I think it was week two, and so. That's going to be the biggest key is stopping the bar, is getting the ball in your hands and finishing drives for Milano.
0: And, and the game of the week for KCN is Cameron Yo and Rockdale, Battle of the Bell. This is a historic rivalry, Curtis. It's about as good as it gets in Central Texas, one of the oldest rivalries in the state. And, and Rockdale's dropped a couple games in a row now. Uh, can they turn the corner tonight against Cameron? And how important is this game for Rockdale as, as they're in a tough district there? Um, with Yo and Troy and McGregor Academy, you just list the teams. There's not an easy out in, in that district.
1: I mean, I think in this game, I think Rock is leaning on the fact that it's a rivalry game. In a rivalry game, you typically throw records and throw all the X's and O's and anything on the on paper out the door. And I firmly, I think that if you've got the personnel Rockdale has, you, anything is really possible with as far as trying to rebound from. From a tragic loss, not, a, not a, um, a tragedy in the sense that they lost a player who, who passed away, but a tragic loss in an X's nose standpoint when in week one, your stud quarterback goes down and is out for the season with a broken leg, and that's Jace Robinson. Cameron Valdez is great, but you know as well as I do, Stephen, running backs can only carry teams so far, even at the 3A level. And so when you look at Rockdale's chances, if you don't win tonight, you're staring 0-3 in the face in district play because I know Caldwell was picked last in that district. But remember, Caldwell jumped out to an early lead on Cameron last week and made Cameron come from behind to win that game. And so there is not a bad team in this district. Um, And I know that that McGregor – I mean – I, I know McGregor was uh, was a surprise. That was an upset last week. But you've got to be able to put last week behind you. You've got to be able to contain an always potent Cameron um, offense. And remember, last year this Rockdale offense was as explosive as it as it has the potential to be this season. And Cameron held it out of the end zone the entire game. I mean, Cameron won the won the bell last year, thirty-one to three. So you've got it to be able to turn the corner. I think they can. I know Jacob Campsy is a very, he's a, he didn't get that job just because he was on Jeff Miller's staff. He got it because he's good enough to get it. It's going to be interesting to see the different adjustments that they make going into the night, but they've got their hands full as this Cameron, because Rockdale, don't let that three game losing streak fool you. Belleville foray Lexington has one of the best running backs most dynamic athletes in the state of Texas and Rockdale only lost to Lexington by one so I'm not real I'm not kicking dirt on Rockdale but Rockdale does need to go out there and make some adjustments improve something tonight
0: chatting with uh, Curtis Quillen from KCN Channel 6 this is Matt Mosley show Steven Simcox here with you and Curtis you mentioned Troy that's a team that I'm still having trouble kind of figuring out they have a great running game obviously led by Zakar and, you know, it's, it's just sort of been an, an up-and-down non-district, but they're coming off a bye week, and, and they take on Lorena tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game?
1: You know, I think this game is probably, I think this is one of those seeding games in District 11, but I look at, I look at Troy's... Um, record two and two and i think that troy is one of those teams that is better than its record indicates two and two but losses to a very good salado team that has come out and really kind of put its stamp on this season already a loss to a very very good franklin team um you know i don't i think troy is still fine i think they had to figure out a couple of things because they did have some some key pieces go away i mean even though these this line that this offensive line that troy has Played in every all 14 games last year, you are still talking about replacing guys who started all of those 14 games. And so Troy is starting to get it figured out. I mean, they had last week, the Trojans had last week off. Now you probably cannot open district play with a tougher opponent than what Troy is. Troy is basically going right behind Academy and then closing the season with Academy. It's got Lorena this week, McGregor next week, Yo the next week. Um, it's going to be a tough stretch here and Lorena's always a good ball club, but I think Troy is fine. Um, this is, I mean, that record doesn't indicate how good of a team this is because you could see when Troy was playing well against Mejia and in the later goings against Salado, that was a, that was a really good ball club and they showed glimpses of it in those games. And I, I, I think Troy will be fine. But that's going to be a dang good game
0: tonight. Uh, final thing for you, Curtis. Temple—they had a impressive statement win against Longview on Friday night. Now they go to West Magnolia uh, or Magnolia West, excuse me—and and take on uh, that squad this evening. How do you think Temple responds after you know putting together such a statement against Longview at at t Stadium last week?
1: You know, I think it's got. I think it's one of those where you've got to put. you've got to move forward. You have to put the losses behind you, but I think you also have to put the big wins behind you. Don't let one win define you. Go out, beat another good team. Magnolia West, another really good team. Because then, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Temple has Arlington Martin next week. So I think if you're Scott Stewart, you're trying to make sure that your club can not only put a good loss behind you, but it can avoid looking forward a week. And it can worry about the task at hand and the task at hand is a road trip to Magnolia West. And yeah, with Arlington Martin next week, it's easy to look and go, you know, that's going to be a really good game. That's going to be a really fun game. I have faith in temple being able to do that. Um, but that's going to be a really good game down in Magnolia. And uh, scheme wise, I think temple's got to figure it out. Temple looked about as good as you could look last week, a 30 to nothing shutout in the second half against a team that is two years removed from a state championship and, what, less than 11 months, 10 and a half months from kicking your tail in in the first round? that's I've, I've got all the faith in the world in Temple being able to focus on Magnolia West tonight and not look too far ahead to Arlington Martin or still trying to ride that high from beating Longview. Those, to me, it has nothing to do with skiing tonight. It's what I've just talked about. Getting, getting rid of the feeling of the Longview win and avoiding looking to next Friday.
0: Uh, Curtis, before we go, let the people know uh, how they can find you tonight, what kind of coverage you'll have on uh, KCN for high school football.
1: So I will be live from Tiger Stadium in Rockdale at 6 and 10. Our Friday night football show, Friday Night Lights, begins at about ten ten during our 10 o'clock newscast, and we will continue after uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon starts on Facebook Live and on KCENTV.com or the Six News mobile app, um, Nikki Latorula will be live from Westlake Midway at six o'clock tonight, and then she'll be up at People Stadium tonight for a 4A Division II district clash between the Robinson Rockets and the Connolly Cadets. But a lot of uh, a lot of great games and a big time week for rivalry games in the state of Texas and our area is no different. We're really excited to get those on the air tonight.
0: That's Curtis Quillen from KCN-TV. You can check him out on Channel 6 tonight. He ran down the coverage they're going to have. And we have plenty of high school football coverage coming your way. Uh, coming up next, we'll have ESPN National Program. Starting at 7 o'clock, Tom Barfield will be on the call for Midway and Austin-Westlake. We also have Temple and Magnolia West tonight on Fox Sports Central Texas and Robinson Conley on 1590 AM. And 99.3 Kicker FM, usually country music, but on Friday nights, we turned it into Robinson Rocket football. Baylor plays tomorrow, and that's right here on ESPN Central Texas as well. Pre-game show starts at 9 a.m., 11 a.m. kick in Morgantown, West Virginia, What will be a different environment as they roll into town um, against a team that won't really have fans on the stands. That'll do it for me. I'm Stephen Simcox filling in on the Matt Mosley show today. We'll talk to you again Monday. You can listen to us on ESPN Central Texas Monday through Friday, live and local from 9 to 6.